What? Welcome to Plat What's Javan. so funny? <laughs> Episode 33, Plat Javan, huh? Hey, what's this guy laughing about It's been there? a long road. <laughs> We're finally... <Yeah. laughs> what was the long road? What was the journey? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the long road was waiting to get the intro out, you know? That's, yeah. That's it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we... Or waiting two extra days to do the show. True. We did wait two extra days. We've got a new, the new start date. If you're here on time, congratulations. Read our tweets. Follow our Twitter at the link. Mm. But Bren, boom. What's happening on wet on Mondays now? If this has moved to ah. Wednesday, what's happening on Monday? I am so Will glad please say you asked. asked. Will I be lonely on Monday <laughs> without any platter content? <laughs> <laughs> you will not be lonely, Josh. Mm. But we have back chat. God, you couldn't be any more fucking enthused, could you? <laughs> really drawing the viewers in. Wow, okay. I'm on the edge of my seat waiting until Monday now. My okay. loneliness okay. will end. Face for the YouTube clickbait thumbnail. Bryn yeah. slapping his cheeks. Found it. I just needed to wake myself up a little bit. I didn't get much sleep last night. I'm a little bit doolally. So, um, you didn't get much sleep. You left ranked and we kept playing. Yeah, yeah. I only got three hours. You only well, got oh, three so, hours sleep. Yeah, yeah, so what yeah. you're saying is... Should have stayed up and played ranked. With I us. fucking should have. It would have been a better expenditure of my time than tossing and turning in bed. Uh, yeah, I mean, right. let's get started. First topic <laughs> is, uh, is the old is, uh, is Envy, huh? This Envy team looking pretty hot. I mean, there's, there's a vast guy that we got on the show. We know he's on the payroll and all that, but I mean, he was singing their praises for quite some time. But they finally took down Sentinels. They won Challengers 2. They upset all of our expectations. Came into the upper bracket. Came into the finals. And just kind of dominated, really. Just kind of worked Sentinels in the neutral. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I wanted to let... I mean... I'm oh, you for want to go after he called out my, my conflict of interest? After, after, he <laughs> yes. blatantly, after he blatantly called me? You yep. know what? Yep. I only had one response. And, you know, it was... I am Douglas Apper's father. I raised him right and taught him manners and how to be a man. I'm not teaching him to teabag. But, yeah. They, they look good. They look really good. But I feel like we... <laughs> You know, I didn't want to finish the whole copy pasta because it's like 20 minutes. It's like a 20 minute long. Cut. Someone wrote an essay. Someone wrote an essay of, of uh -huh. but like that's too long of copy pasta, dude. But they look really, really good. Food was cracked. Okay. I put yeah. it in the yeah, yeah, yeah. theorem, and mm -hmm. it looked really good. That's the the large takeaway for me. Is yeah. Food's yeah. performance in this tournament was the best I have ever seen of him. Yes, uh, it, it was, was. unfucking believable. He had and one of the best clips no ever in, with like him in a short, and he was like lurking. And he let everyone pass him, and he like bumped into Zoms like three times, yeah. and a short waiting to set it up. It's such a good clip. I, I mean, you say you say lurking. What he was doing was the classic food thing of hiding in a corner, where he just hides <laughs> in a corner and prays to God that no one checks him, yeah. and no one checked him. But he's but he's kind of what I like about food from this tournament though is that he's still the same player where he's making these aggressive peaks and he's hiding in these one and done spots is. and stuff like that. But a lot of the time he's picking his moments a lot better and he's taking, <laughs> and, and the rest of the team is supporting him as well. The way that him and Crashy's played around each other on this Haven A defense. And then when food's taking fights on the other maps that he's playing, like when they played against immortals and they're fighting really aggressively in, in a main for ascent control like that, or fighting in ascent mm -hmm. on a main um that those they've kind of they've built the team around how food wants to play to empower food and so that even if he's 
overfacing. Like, even if Sentinels were really on their A game and they were winning the duels against food, I still think they would have got value from how food was playing. Whereas in the past, if food's not hitting the shots, he doesn't have value. Whereas this tournament, it felt like they'd really figured something out where, okay, food actually was just winning all of the duels that he was taking. That is so a that's very crucial like, element. Yeah, yeah. Which is why he looked like such a monster. But I feel like they've also figured out how best to make use of him. Like here, whether they're just... Him and Crashies were working so well together here, and him and Caboose were working really well together on Ascent. And they've, they've figured out systems to empower him so that he's not just pushing on his own and, and trying to overface. Yeah, I, I agree. They were doing a nice job of letting him take point and actually supporting him. And he was finding good timings. And crucially, he just did not miss ever. Um, but and, and even aside from that, one of the things that I was really impressed by with Envy's play was their post plants. Um, I thought that they were excellent, especially on this Haven map that you were watching here. They had a really, uh, or rather, they just played the post plants very well by playing them aggressively. Uh, they, they were very good at taking extra map control on the B plants. They were really good at taking over the connectors where, again, Food was just taking point. He I was, mean, Food was, ulted out of B on one of the yeah, rounds. Yeah, that play was, yeah, yeah the, just really nice plays like that. I was impressed with their post plants. And, and that is the style that they need to, to play to, to both enable him, but also reap the rewards of what he brings to the team. Because that is what he brings to the team is the aggression, the ability to, to, to have these moments where he can pop off, get two, three Ks with really strong mechanics. So both trying to enable him, but playing a style where you reap the rewards of what he brings is crucial. And they definitely did that in this tournament. And also, for me, I, I was ready to give the MVP of this, this tournament until the finals to Crashies as well. Uh, because Crashies was just so, so consistent the whole time. He, he was winning out clutches. His aim was on point the whole tournament as well. He, I mean, the Envy guys were just, they were popping in yeah, this tournament, yeah, honestly, on an individual level. But I thought Crashies was so <laughs> sick the what entire time. What's going on here? <laughs> okay. Some, yeah. some playback issues there. But I mean, would we agree then that I feel like for Envy, and I, we talked about this yesterday when we were watching the shortest finals of all time, was that the... Envy, I feel like Envy didn't do anything particularly innovative here. It wasn't like Fnatic where they do the Killjoy ult in mid-Haven, you know? And they forced everyone to shoot that, right? I don't feel like they did anything, like, super crazy. I just feel like they played with extreme confidence and, like, insanely good fundamentals of, like, like you talked about, that aggressive post-plant positioning and, like, holding and just holding yeah. so aggressively to deny map control. Like, I didn't feel like... And they were just winning duels. Was, I, I feel like they weren't doing anything too crazy. It was just think, really good. I think that also... Um, Kurt, if you can go back to like round um, round three and um, uh, of this when Envy was defending, these first six rounds were an FNS masterclass in, like you said, Avas, it's not anything unbelievably creative, but FNS had the read on exactly where Sentinels wanted to go on Haven every single time. And considering that this is Sentinels' best map, undefeated 15 and 0 in 2021 and it's envy's worst it's their permaban it's looked really shoddy for them especially on the offensive side they came out and fns just had a read on every site that they were going to yeah he they they stacked food and caboose on the b site and the pistol round which is the normal site the sentinels like to go to we got that lesson from uh, from wyatt a couple of days ago he'd been running the numbers yep and then <laughs> Then they stacked them over towards C, and they read the 
anti the they read the um, anti eco really well as Sentinels just went towards C in the second round, I think it was. And then in this round three as well, Sentinels end up on A and uh or rather they, they go for the B push, I think. And they just get crushed on the retake. Actually, I don't think this is the round I was thinking of. But anyway, the first seven rounds, they had at least half the time, FNS had read exactly where they wanted to go and were stacking food in particular, but often Caboose as well, in positions to crush them. And just, they knew where Sentinels were going before Sentinels did. It was a, a complete outplay by the IGL. I, I've also, this, this game as well though, in regards to like the story of the scene, the narrative, Envy and Sentinels have played so many times and Envy have always lost. And it's never even really looked like they could really win. They've had some close maps. I, I could be wrong with this, but I don't think until they beat them in the upper bracket here, I don't think they'd ever want to map off them. That was that was their complete that was their first series win over Sentinels. Was it was this. their first series win. But was it their first yeah. map win as well? I thought, they'd just been, I thought they'd just been 2 0 every just, time. Gonna, I, I don't know if that's true. But this is the first time. That upper bracket game was definitely the first time that they had actually beaten them. And uh, the finals performance was even more dominant. But in terms of uh, the story, it is very cool that they had finally been able to do that because that was the hurdle that they could never get over whenever they were making deep runs in tournaments. Yeah. Um, so now this really opens it up to, to a scenario where you feel like Envy can come in and, and actually just win any tournament because that was really the thing for me that always had them just outside of, of that we can win a tournament tier was that they could just never get over Sen. Um, but now doing it here twice, they, they really are in that tier where you feel yeah, I, if there's a tournament, Envy can win. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I'm chatting nonsense. That. They they have taken maps off them in the past. Well, there was uh, also semifinals. They beat that was the actual first series win over them was semifinals, yeah. I believe. Yeah, the up, yeah, the, yeah, the upper bracket. The upper bracket. I think yeah. that's a, yeah. a great point though, Wyatt, running the the Envy because there's so many different teams in kind of just being gatekept out of almost the top tier one level. Uh, I think of like Immortals as well as another one of these teams that. They can make it really deep into a tournament, but every time they go up against what seems like a team that they perceive to be above them, like either, I don't know, Sentinels, 100 Thieves, whatever, they, they tend to lose a lot of that confidence and, and what even got them to the upper bracket in the first place. But with Envy, it, it wasn't the case this time around. They actually ended up going all the way. Uh, but I am left wondering how much of this is going to be able to be replicated consistently. Uh, because it felt like, for me, watching it, this is the best tournament of foods ever had. Yeah, you can argue that it was off the back of the support of his teammates, FNS and Crashies, also playing really, really well. Uh, but how much of it do we actually expect this to carry on and forward into the future for Envy? Because, okay, one tournament showing, pretty good. But pff, the last thing you want is to be able to peak at Challengers 2. You know, you've still got Challengers finals to come, or should I say Masters. Yes, yeah, but I, th I think... So for me, this takes... Well, first of all... A lot of people seem to think for some reason that Sentinels weren't taking this seriously. That's nonsense. It was a 50k tournament. They were playing yeah. seriously. So this is a huge achievement from Envy and you shouldn't take anything away from them there. It's a massive tournament win. But do I think Envy are going to now go on to be the best team in North America and win all of the tournaments? No, I don't think so. But, but I think this is a really important step for them to show that they can win those tournaments. And so I don't think that this is a a once-in-a-lifetime performance from Envy, but I also don't think it's going to be replicated every time. I think Envy have a chance of being able to win 
Masters. Are they the favorites coming in just because they won Challengers 2? No, I don't even think that that would be the case. But what they showed this tournament was excellent. I mean, their, their, their teamwork and their trading off each other was impeccable. FNS's uh, IGLing, impeccable. So even if they're not hitting their shots, all of the surrounding stuff, all of the building, the foundation, the teamwork, and the uh, prep that they had done was elite. Mm-hmm. And that will all continue and be replicable in, in next tournaments, even if the players aren't individually having the same level. Yeah. I, I think it's really... I honestly think it's very tough to, to, to give a, a hard answer to that question at the moment. I, I just think we need to see them more past this point. Um, I, I do wonder as well, coming into this, I feel like Sentinels probably came in thinking uh, to some extent that they had won before the game started because they just always beat Envy. I mean, that was one of the things we even, when we, when we had Dapper on back chat and, and spoke to him, it was like, we, just, we always beat Envy. Like, you guys struggle yeah, yeah. with Envy? I think in reference to like TSM or something. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember exactly. But like, oh, you guys struggle with Envy? We just, we always beat them. Um, and I, I do wonder if they just kind of came in thinking again, like, we're just going to beat them. Um, but now they have to have a, a mental shift when they play in, in whatever their next series is. Very possible that they're going to meet in the Challengers main event. Yeah. Um, and they're going to have to come in with, you know, in their minds, rating Envy as a tougher opponent than they may have here, thinking that it would be a sure win. Um, but yeah, I think it's just so tough to call if it's going to be something they can replicate because this is, I mean, as you were saying, th- this is the best tournament that food has had. It, it is by same. far. Yeah. Um, I mean, the numbers he was so. putting up, I don't know if you can find the overall tournament numbers for food, um, Kurt yeah. on VLR for Challengers 2, but it, they were just uh, ridiculous. This is that Even for the finals, he went 53 about. and 19. 53 yeah. 19. I, I mean, that is one of the most insane stats in yeah. a final you've seen in Valorant so far, by the way. Yeah. Not, not just for food. That is one of the best performance. That might be the best performance in a grand final in Valorant so far, genuinely. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's I mean, that, that, that is mental. That is ridiculous. Yeah. So, uh, very unlikely feasting. he can do that again yeah. because yes. that is just yeah. remarkable. Yeah. I mean, that is insane. That is... That is so far in Valorant history. That is like history book shit yeah. that we witnessed. Um, so can he do that again? Unlikely, but he shouldn't have to do that for them to, to win. He just needs to be at a consistent well, level. I mean, the point uh, as well is they didn't even need to win on Haven to be able to win, right? Like, the, yeah, this winning was, Haven. This was, was like such an ridiculous. unbelievable crushing win for Envy. They beat. Sentinels on their worst map and Sentinels' best map, and then they 13 3'd them on Bind, which is Sentinels' permaban. So even if Haven had gone the other way and Food isn't dropping, what, 53 and 19, maybe, maybe Food has a more reasonable performance that you would normally expect of him. They probably have a great shot of still winning this series. Mm-hmm. So I think the margin here was so large of them still winning that it should be feasible that they can win again in the future now whether or not they do is another another question entirely because sentinels have always been able to rebound from these kind of losses they they've never um they've never gone out of a tournament since like since they started getting good they've never lost a tournament except to the people that win it and they've almost always made the finals and they have a huge amount of wins they're 
still the number one team in North America, judging over the last three months. And their ability to rebound is exceptional. Every yeah. time they lose to a team that then goes on to win the tournament, they come back next time and they beat them. It's, it's remarkable the consistency with which they're able to adapt to their opponents and overcome them. And we've seen it before every time with 100 Thieves and with yeah. uh, Immortals and LG before in the past as well. Or rather, LG, not Immortals. Um, so, yeah, I, I still have a lot of faith in Sentinels here. Before, even uh, crushed. before we move on, Avast, any, any final words? Oh, oh my topic. God! I get to get the, I get to get the final words today. You do there get we the go. Final words, I, I'm so. Yeah. I mean, I was just gonna. Pretty much, I was gonna say on top of the fact that we don't know how consistent Imbi's gonna be, because I really feel like this was just like an amazing series for them, confidence-wise, which you're not gonna replicate every game. Also, the meta is not even the same moving forward. Past challenges, you know, the meta is not gonna be the same anymore. So, who really knows exactly if this performance is gonna be possible in a different meta too? Like, they can keep that up on top of all the other factors because it's just gonna be a different play style moving forward. So yeah. I don't think they're going to be the clear number one at all moving forward. I actually think that NA is probably almost as in flux as in EU right now in terms of like, though obviously I don't think there are as many good teams, but I feel like we're in a pretty, like a state of flux currently. Mm -hmm. Like who is really yeah. the number one? It's really cool actually having the just thought experiment right now about who the number, who what the rankings are coming into Masters. Like maybe we'll do that in one of the future weeks as we get closer to Masters, what sure. our predictions are and what the what we think the rankings look like coming in. But until that tournament concludes, there's so many questions about where teams actually stack up. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the other teams that uh, that made it into Masters in this tournament as well because uh, there were a few of them because Challengers 2 was actually where we got to see the teams finally qualify Yeah. Um, if you finish in the top four. So we've got Immortals, Exit, Envy, and Sentinels making... Uh, the Masters tournament, which is going to be played in, what, six weeks, I think? Is it six weeks from now? Maybe. Actually, I'm not too sure, actually. I thought it was sooner than that, but I don't I thought they had a two-week break in between Challengers 3 and... As soon event, as we start I, talking about the format, I... I, I couldn't anyway, Immortals. <laughs> yeah, anyways, Immortals, they did okay, can, we can bring them back. <laughs> we can talk about Immortals here, because uh, yeah, Immortals as a team, they, they look like they were... Obviously, off, coming off the back of Challengers 1, looking very good, very strong. And then they went for a weird mid-tournament uh, switch-up where they were taking Shot Up away from the Rainer and putting him on all sorts of roles, like the Breach. Uh, they had him on the Killjoy, I believe, on Icebox. Well, yeah, not every time as well. They put it him was, only for one map. And he they started the tournament Icebox. as Rainer on Icebox yes. and then switched was, to Killjoy, and it was yeah. not pretty. It was, it was this Icebox weird. game against Envy. And I wonder, they, uh, I was just going to say, I wonder if that is something that they planned ahead of time. Like, they've been saving these strategies, these unique compositions to try and, I don't know, outthink the teams they were going up against in terms of their prep. Throw, yeah. a, throw, throw a wrench into the plans. Or, or, I, I, I don't be. really. I don't really know exactly what the idea is behind these moves, but there's a couple of different theories there, right? Like, specifically against Envy, where he moves over from the Rainer to the Killjoy. Envy are the kind of team on Icebox where they play in mid a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, that, that team, more so than maybe any team, I guess Gen G do it quite a lot on their attacking half as well, but Envy will put a heavy emphasis in mid. Every time when they plant on B or A, they've got a lurker through mid. Normally on A, it's like Crashy's working through mid, and when they plant B, it's FNS works through mid. And in the round itself, they default a lot of players towards mid at the beginning to try and draw the defenders towards that area so that they could free up the extremities. And so maybe maybe Immortals just thought, well, if we have the Killjoy utility, 
we'll actually be able to hold those areas a little more. The problem is that they just dumped all that killjoy utility on A with the Viper Wall and then never held A. That, like, I mean, the that, strategy uh, itself, yeah. it you was... can kind of understand maybe where they were coming from, but the execution was non-existent. You, uh, yeah. It, it, it was it, really weird. It was, it, was, it was definitely frustrating to watch them just not even attempt to hold the A site over and over and over. Envy just got it for free. And worse than that, Envy's comp was brutal for post plants. It's so good. They had three mollies because they had a killjoy and a phoenix mm. and they had a raise all for utility to throw onto the spike that they got to plant in the open for free every round and then play back towards a belt and just spam utility out of the spike. So they would never lose a post plant. Yeah. With that comp, they add, I mean, they had to fight for a site. Also just on this map, holding a site passively for one kill and then getting out and playing retake is just so good. Um, so I, I was not a fan of, of that gameplay from Immortals on this map. Their defense really just fell to pieces. And I, I just don't think they were getting enough value from the Killjoy. I, I think Shotup should have just stayed on Reyna here. I mean, we've spoken to it before how good Reyna yeah. is on this map. But this was unusual, um, right? Like, this wasn't... Um, this was just for one map where Shotup went over to the Killjoy and it didn't work. The whole tournament dynamic for Killjoy was really the move to the Breach, I think. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Which was strange in itself, actually, watching him play the Breach. Because you can tell, at least watching and comparing EU to NA, the, the North American teams that try and utilize Breach, obviously not used to, maybe used to playing against him because there was a period of time where he was being played, but it's, it's not as quick off the button when it comes no, to like the not. utility usage and like working off, working off your breaches utility usage and the flashes and pushing off the back of it, that wasn't really there. And that comes with reps. So it, it, it striked me as something that they were experimenting with that they weren't comfortable with because Shotup was playing so, with such an individualistic style. He was so free. It was the most American style of breach I'd ever seen. It was he was playing off of his own utility, and there wasn't really much setting up of of other players. Like you compare this style of breach to, I mean, the most drastic, I think, comparison would be the way that Echo supports Scream, probably, sure. right? Sure. Like that is like it was night and day almost in terms yeah. of the way that they yeah. played it. Um, but yeah, it's it's you can see the thought process behind a lot of this, but I feel like they just threw it into this tournament, and. It didn't work because they lacked reps in a lot of the ways. Yeah, I agree. That being said, I feel like we started on a kind of a negative note because you reminded me of that Icebox game and I just got mentally, just mentally boomed <laughs> thinking about that again. But in reality, this was still a good showing overall from Immortals, especially with the comp changes. They were still able to beat a good Gen G and then they beat Luminosity. They qualified. So despite, uh, you know, definitely, I, I agree, just needing more, needing more reps with the breach, needing more time practicing in the server with it, they were still able to succeed, still able to be two really solid teams and qualify. Um, so still at the end of the day, a good performance from Immortals. A great performance. But in, in my mind right now, they are at a place where they're going to be able to make those semifinals. They're going to be able to be ranked in that like top six, top five NA, but I I'm not confident in their ability to win tournaments yet. Also could be a thing where they need more reps. Um, their players are very young and very new. And that is, that is the thing about Immortals. They put together very economically viable teams. They get more out of their teams for the money that they put into them. Mm -hmm. But 
in doing that, they are getting inexperienced young players. And sure. right now they have five of them. And they're going to need more time, I think, against the, the top teams in these deep tournament, high-pressure scenarios. Because I do feel like watching the games right now, there are individuals on the team that start to underperform. It looks mm -hmm. like they start to miss easier shots that you would think they'd never miss. Things like that, which are signifiers of nerves to me. Um, so I think with a little more time, maybe they'll get to a place where we feel, or at least, well, for me, I feel like they could win tournaments. But right now, I feel like they've, they've gotten themselves into a solid place where they can be a consistent, we can make a semi-final type team. I mean, I can even see them being a consistent, we can make finals kind of team right now. Like, I think they're a very, very good team. The, the problem is when they make it to that final and they play against that like elite level team, they, they seem to crumble a little bit. I, I really liked everything that they brought to this tournament. I felt like if Envy weren't on the incredible hot streak that they were, Immortals would have booked their ticket to another final to play against Sentinels. Mm -hmm. Like if Envy weren't in this tournament, and or rather if Envy were having the same performance in this tournament that we've seen from them over the prior two months instead of just these couple of weeks, um, you would anticipate those two teams to be making the finals. And that, but you saw how that played out in the lower bracket final, exactly how it played out in the in the grand yeah. final of the, yeah. of the previous tournament, which was just a slapping from Sentinels to Immortals. Although I do think it was better than last time. Uh, yeah, it felt somewhat. way more one-sided in the previous one. At least with this one, I think the the first half was at least relatively even. But yeah, it, in in both of these maps, actually, Sentinels ran my takeaway my takeaway was towards the end of each map, they just lost steam. Yeah, it felt like they lost confidence in themselves uh, I, again. What a tournament, though. It's it's gonna go under the radar because there were so many great players on Envy that had exceptional tournaments like Food and Crashies. But what a tournament from Gangster, actually. Yeah, man. That, yeah. The gangster Stanny duo, when Immortals were playing on Ascent, but also just when they play on every map, is so damn good. It's the backbone of that team. And Gangster gets so much value out of utility, is always in the right position. They're so yeah. intelligent, that duo, with how they play around the map. And they're so aware of where the opponents can be at any one time. And what I love about Immortals as well is... More so than maybe any team that I watch, they know which areas of the map to fight really heavily over. Like they, they will fight to the death over showers on bind. They will, and then when they play on ascent, they've started fighting really heavily for A main control. They'll give up the whole of the A site so that they can play retakes from A main and from, from like the, the heaven retake. And it's so interesting that they are just willing to put down a huge amount of utility to occupy the same area instead of a lot of other teams will fight over an area okay they forced out utility we'll give it up we'll fall back to site all right we we've fallen back from site to to back heaven because we're setting up for the retake immortals instead they fight tooth and nail for specific areas that'll set them up well for retake and i think that's such an interesting strategic style for this team that bears them very well yeah i so impressed with gangster again for the millionth time he, he's just been such a solid player for, I mean, since the since he's been playing the game. Yeah. I mean, he's been yeah. he's so been rad. really consistent the entire time. But god damn, his alts are so good. He he really his his timing, his awareness of where players are, and yeah. also just the pre existing work that goes into having lineups for so many different scenarios. He he really is different. It's rare for him to have a bad tournament. 
That's the thing. It's the consistency. Yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty consistent. I also feel like moving JC Stoney. Though granted, I am I am an original OG JC Stoney simp, but now he's no longer <laughs> I no he's no longer IGL anymore. So I can't yeah. quite. I feel like I have to turn down my my contributions to his OnlyFans as much now. <laughs> he's no longer an IGL, but I feel like moving him off of IGL actually and picking up Nature was really good. Like for yeah, this team, yeah. actually, I think a lot. But you can see the difference. Like you talked about that solid duo between Ginks and JC Stanley, because he's just so much more, he's just able to just do more because he's not worried about using his mouth to tell people what to do. He's only worried about the click yeah. and the shoot. And I, and I feel like he gets a lot of value now because he's so he's such a smart player. And so moving him off by IGL, I think, was a really good move for Immortals. I was also interested to think where, like, for me, it was more interesting for Immortals more so than their run, even though everyone's like, oh, I can't wait to see Immortals win. But it was the LG match because that was like the two teams that everyone hated playing each other you know yeah. it was like the the one trick judge player and the no comms jet opera only player <laughs> like facing off in a, in a battle of fates you know and, and I, I feel like the immortals definitely it was close it was close but i feel like immortals this this the strategy of just holding those key areas of the map and just like exploding out when necessary definitely was the counter to the let's not let them know where we're at and play like what was that one movie with the guy from the office it was like you can't. You have to be silent, or else the monsters find you. That's how LG play, and uh, you know. <laughs> I feel like the holding the key areas of the map and then exploding was like really, really good for El for Immortals versus the, like, LG because LG just didn't have the map control. They just didn't have the map control. I mean, this is also kind of tying into what we were saying about LG when they first really had a good performance um, in Challengers One, right? Which was that, give enough time, teams will learn how to play instinctively against LG. Yeah, they with their, still with their lack of information yeah. kind of style. Like as good as that is, it, it's also presumably once you get a handle and a read on what they're doing, very easy to punish. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, maybe not very easy to punish, but it's no, certainly Josh, very easy. <laughs> it's certainly <laughs> easier than than when you have no idea how they're playing. I think that's also why you two were really high on exit stonks coming into the tournament too. Was. More, high, more high than you were on LG for the future because X said demonstrated this ability to play a pretty well-rounded game rather than relying on, yeah. on like that unique Don't put uh, words contact in my mouth. style. All right, well, I'm going to allow true. you to put words in your own no, mouth true. because X, you thought X said were going to beat Sentinels and like make <laughs> it to the finals. I never said the finals. Wait, so you're listening to your Twitch chat too much because I never said that X said would make it to the finals. All right, well, no, you said they'd win the tournament, it, I think. I don't <laughs> think I said they won the tournament. You, you, <laughs> you, you bet in my Twitch chat, you bet channel points that X said would beat Sentinels. If they had done that, they would have got at least the lower bracket finals, wouldn't they? No, yes. I, so I bet that. But only because the odds were good. I wasn't <laughs> expecting them to win. But yeah. I but I am He's a glad. betting man. He's so a numbers thing. man. I mean, we seem to be moving on to Exet anyway, uh, naturally through this. But I, I've always been a big fan of what Exet are showing because they are just the new up-and-comers onto the scene. Rock-solid fundamentals. But my general takeaway from this was, I think their match against Envy, I thought they underperformed, but I now know that I think that it was actually just Envy performing incredibly well. Uh, in this match, in this series here. My takeaway from that first match was that, oh man, X said it just kind of crumbling. I mean, it was one-sided. Um, but they came back into the lower bracket. Obviously, when went up against FaZe Clan. Pretty easy win. Went up against uh, LG and won in a 2-0 fashion. Not as easy. Um, that's very impressive, though. It was very impressive. And I, and I think that's maybe quite indicative of probably just them getting used to their style of LG style. I imagine, I mean, this is just pure speculation, but I imagine... 
Xset as a new up-and-coming team. Algae is a reasonably new up-and-coming team. They probably practice against each other quite a bit, uh, as what happens in those kind of circles. Uh, but the game against Sentinels is the one I want to hone in on here, because I felt like we saw just uh, a regression of Xset. Particularly in the post plants. I was fucking molding watching this team in the post plant <laughs> scenarios, throwing away so many rounds. Look at the amount of wins the Sentinels get from defusing the bomb. It's insane. It's yeah. actually insane. They were throwing so many situations in the post plants by just. Uh, and it, it, but here's the thing it was minor mistakes that you're just not going to get away with when you're trying to go up against the top of tier one. Yeah. Mm. I actually. Well, I don't. I don't know if they were minor mistakes, honestly. I it, think they were but, pretty, but it was like... They the, were significant, but it, it the all The post part will be occurring. The, the, the example that always sticks out of my mind is like one player just deciding on a whim to like push something. Well, they were just trying to do too much. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 <laughs> Sorry, they were trying Kurt, to do too much. Can but, you find a clip of Aaron trying to blast pack jump into a heaven on Haven? Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> that, they, was, they were, that was <laughs> funny and the epitome of this discussion, I feel. They were being... I just remembered that. They, I feel like in, it seemed like in their minds... They felt like they had to, like, push the limits to mm -hmm. beat Sentinels rather than if they just I, relied I on their solid, established fundamentals and utility usage that we've seen them have for, for the past couple months. Um, they would have just won out those situations, mm. but it, it felt like to me they were just trying to be extra because they felt like they had to. But they didn't have to because they're a really solid team. And I, I think more than anything in this tournament, I am impressed with... The, the mental fortitude that they showed because they started off getting rolled by Envy 13-1 on split and that came off the back of them switching their comp around on split away from the the uh, Viper Killjoy Viper breach, breach. Yeah, yeah to now running a Sage and they didn't look practiced enough on it they were playing an ultra passive game Envy kind of just did whatever they wanted they really fell flat and then on bind it just looked like Xset had no confidence they I mean there were situations where Envy would push them and they were literally just trying to run away which it doesn't get more yeah. telltale that they had no confidence than that. I mean, yeah. literally, they would just try to they would take their knives out and run away. Um, and, and to come back from that, and in the, in the game against FaZe in the lower bracket, they started down 8-1 and then came back, won that map, beat FaZe, beat LG. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed by that. And they made, and obviously they made Masters as well. I, they've been a very consistent team so far in, in the yeah. year 2021. Um, and, They're definitely and it, it, the team that's going the most under the radar out of these upcoming teams. A lot of yes. people paying attention to Immortals because they've gone very deep in tournaments. A lot of people paying attention to LG because people are molding about how they play. But then fewer people are paying attention to Xset, even though they've made Masters, I feel. Um, because they... I, I don't know, because they're not as unique, perhaps, or not as flashy as these other teams. They're just a really solid really solid squad it's a lack I mean, of considering name where they were i feel like this was a this wasn't a terrible run for them considering where they they've started out their trajectory all things considered i feel like this run for them in qualifying for masters is a really good run all like even though they got shellacked by sentinels and they got kind of shellacked by envy like into the day they qualified for masters and they started out as a team that really a lot of people aside from maybe Bryn, who had looked into his crystal ball and it divined that Xset was, you know, going to be amazing. I feel like this team has kind of exploded compared to everyone else. That's like, because Immortals, we've known their structure for a long time. We've known Packington and Gumba, and they've built good rosters before and have had success. But Xset just kind of exploded out here and is now in Masters, while TSM and 100 Thieves and all these other rosters you'd expect are not. So yeah, yeah. even if they did not look 
amazing at points. I feel like they only have room to grow. And because this roster is so young, I feel, and also they're just so, they just do, they they actually think that I, I love when teams play Viper and actually know how to play Viper because they, even though when they lost their Viper, their usage of Viper is so, it really shows how, how much they understand splitting a site and like just denying information to people. And I feel like when you see that, when you see other NA teams tripping over their shoelaces, trying to play breach, there, there's hope. There's hope for this team, <laughs> I feel like, moving yeah. forward and like getting a lot better. Well, yeah, they, these guys have an excellent sense of utility in the game, and it's why they've been so consistent. Their players aren't reliant on pure mechanical skill. Uh, on both a team-wide sense and an individual sense, they know how to use utility to outplay opponents in either you know, XVX team scenarios or just one-on-one. -on -one. Like You will see Pure uses jet utility very well to just find picks across the map. Um, but yeah, I mean, these guys have been, they're one of the teams that has just been on the low improving for a long time. So it's, yeah, like they've flown under the radar and people didn't really pay them much mind, but in reality, they've been just grinding away on, yeah. on the low for a while. And now they're, uh, they're getting the benefits of that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, I, I don't know if they're going to be in a place come masters where they can make it to, to a final or, or deeper than a semi, but regardless, yeah, they're in a very good spot and I, I'm impressed with where they're at. It's a long time until Masters, theoretically. I mean, we don't know. We're speculating on that. We don't, there should be dates out there. We don't know what they are. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure but, dates do it. But it is a while. It's like Challengers 3 and then they've got presumably a week break, if not two. Yeah, I mean, they've got at least a month. Masters. I mean, they've got a while to, to show up, but part of the reason that I have always been so on this team um, has been for the reasons you mentioned I think just the general all around but it's it's been the little moments like the timings the, the there's a sense of how would you describe it I mean it's a sense of like having a read of the opponents and finding the right moments and that kind of level of game sense that doesn't come from like the utility usage but like just a, an understanding of where people could be at a given time that shows that this team is it just shows that this team is drilled and they have clearly done research on their opponents, or at least clearly have some sort of uh, understanding of when they're in the game uh, that's better than a lot of other teams at the moment when it comes to just their flow and understanding of, of the way that rounds play out. Um, and that's, that's one of the things that, that's always impressed me. I mean, BCJ is the name that I always bring up, this guy, because he plays the Sova and the Omen for them. Uh, whenever he's on the omen, I, I love what he does because he is just always finding the appropriate times to just either backstab, create fantastic flanking opportunities um and it's that coupled with the the fact that this team is so fundamentally sound that makes them so promising and the fact that they've just risen in such a short amount of time i mean it's yeah. so promising as well uh, on top of that i just i like the prospect of having another top team in north america to look forward to um yeah uh, do you guys want to talk about envy and sentinels uh, oh, we've already we just, talked we about just really talked about it. i yeah. mean i don't know if you wanted to add anything on about sentinels uh, at all as a team but i imagine we'll talk about them as well because this next topic, we're talking about 100 Thieves and their failure to qualify again um, mm -hmm. and all the drama that encompasses that. <laughs> and uh, this is, yeah, 100 Thieves got one more chance now to qualify uh, in the Challengers 3 for Masters, that is. Um, and yeah, I mean, is, is ping an excuse? Is my question. <laughs> no. <laughs> because that no. is the, oh, God. That is the overwhelming response I've seen. And I think it's, it's just what happens 
when you get fan bases like 100 Thieves coming into the scene. But my God, you can tell how new some people are to esports. Like the, the, the 30 ping yeah, difference I, I, fiasco. Listen, I, okay. What, what were the scores here again? It was 13-6 and 13-4 on Haven? Four. They okay. got schlacked. Okay. That, uh, listen. That listen can be, up. That can be explained by 30 ping. <laughs> if, if one team playing on 40 ping and one team playing on 12 ping results in one team losing 13-4, and that's the reason cancel all the events this year it's over <laughs> stop playing don't play valorant anymore cancel every tournament don't play because I, that, that would just i mean it's it's just it's just a silly notion it is it's just silly i don't even know true ping difference because they don't know what it was like when you were a, a hundred ping on soldier versus true. the 30 ping scout in tf2 you know they don't true. they don't truly know what it's like with <laughs> true ping differences and well, like terrible net old. code where you have to exec a fucking essay to make sure your game is playable. Like they just don't understand. Like <laughs> exactly. true, true ping differences are not available in Valorant. Yeah, I, no, not genuinely. Available. I mean, yeah, also games hit scan. I mean, you know, obviously ping does matter, but it matters when you're up in the like high, high double digits into a hundred plus. Not, and, and then also, that is a silly thing. But you, I, I, you I, could I, say, I mean, you could say, I mean, it, the online world is going to be very different to the LAN world. But when you're playing online, you have to be playing on servers that are the best for, for where everybody's living. 100 Thieves are scattered across the US right now. And they picked this server. I mean, why they picked this server rather than Chicago or like the Illinois server, uh, I'm not 100% sure. I think that's the one they normally play on. But 100 Thieves chose to play on this Texas server. And... I think probably the reason is that it gives the best ping for all of their players, like the most even ping for all of their players. And, and also, yeah, 0.03 seconds of extra delay can't make the difference between a 13-4, 13-6 kind of game. And to say that, when I mean, the players aren't even saying that. It's all just coming from the fans. So this is just for the weirdo fans out there. And are, also, not a lot of fans. Like if I, it's I feel not like a lot, no. I but think it's the a response, sizable amount. It's a, uh, it's an oh, I mean there are, there are definitely some. It's it, I mean, but is it coming from Twitch it? chat or forums though? Because in, in, Twitch chat is essentially just like an infinite monkey typewriter theorem where they're spewing out like random <laughs> crap all the time. You know? <laughs> they also come out with bangers. There was one in they your do. chat, Josh, where someone said that whoever discovers the fraud ethics conspiracy and writes that paper will win the gaming Pulitzer. And I thought that was one of the best Twitch chat moments I've ever seen. Was that? So you know, you you have you get some, you get yeah. some, and you lose some. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's Shakespeare. Sometimes, sometimes they write Hamlet. Sometimes they write <laughs> it was the blurst of times. <laughs> the there it is. There it there is. is. Fucking society Joker, 2019. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so it's, good. It's worth. It's worth bringing up this point, though, even if it is, because I think it is a sizable amount of fans. It was the most upvoted thing this week on Valorant Competitive, which yeah. Shazam saying, and on all social media, the server. on all social media, How on is that Twitter, the biggest thing of the week. On Twitter, the responses were all like, "Well, the ping, like what you were saying, why?" When you're I, I, yes, up this yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yes. But I, I was saying, like, if you went to some of the players' tweets, whatever, like on about the game, like, oh, whatever, GG, we lost. If you look under it at the replies, there is a guy with like 50 likes on all of them. It's like, I mean, I guess GG, but what's with the ping difference? 12 to 40? So there were some people saying that, but I do feel like 
there's been a bigger response. I mean, not I feel like there has been a bigger response to that silly than people actually thinking oh, yeah. that it's yeah, reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it is just something. I mean, it's just silly. It's just it's ridiculous. Just, it's but also, it's taken stupid. away from the true um, discussion around why 100 Thieves actually lost. Because yeah. not just, like, obviously, most people don't believe it's the ping, but everyone's well, got tied up in talking about the ping. I wonder if it's the psychology of it. That's what I want to bring up. <laughs> what do you mean? Like Go on the, then, Brent. Yep, no, this will be worthwhile. You know, um, like people hold pro players in a high regard, yes. right? In the, in the highest of regards. If, if you play in a game a lot, you look up to the pro players, you're watching their streams, you're buying the same mouse mat, the same clothes, the same chair. Same clothes. Yep, same clothes. Yeah, same that's clothes. where Avas got a carrot hoodie from. That's, yep. that's, yeah. a, that's I, a vintage where caboose. Where did I get it from? <laughs> that's a caboose. Oh, you steal it from Caboose's wardrobe. Does Caboose have a? Okay, does, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him with the carrot hoodie. I feel like, but you know, it might, it might be. It could be a Caboose thing. I feel like he's more of a, of a, of a rutabaga type of guy. What if you know? rutabaga hoodie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rutabaga what if, hoodie. What is okay? To get back on track to my really <laughs> serious point about the psychology of this. What if people are so attached to this ping point because it gives them justification in their heads for their poor performances in game? I definitely like, agree. That another that's the element of like, oh, 100%. like <laughs> I knew it. That's why I lost that game. No, it's a hundred percent that because they have better uh, than me. Does that though? So I mean, it, it's a natural response. It's as natural as seeking shelter or fire when it's dark yeah, outside. And, 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 and when they see when you lose, when they see it happens to the pro players, they're like, well. If it's happening to the pros, you know it's happening to me. Yeah, you know, and I wonder if that's an a, that's one part of the reason why it's been such a a, a vocal minority is the word is the, is how I'm going to say this because it's not everyone, but it is sizable enough that we have made it a segment kind of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, he's right? Okay, but <laughs> holy the, shit, he's right. The the, the dynamic about a hundred thieves losing here has been ob obscured in the yes. mess about this discussion as well. And a hundred thieves got rolled in this game against Sentinel, right? Like this wasn't anywhere near as close as any of their other games. Like this has not happened before. The Sentinels and a hundred thieves previously, they've had a very close rivalry. It's normally gone down to icebox pretty much every time. Sentinels have always won Haven. A hundred thieves have always won Ascent. Goes down to icebox. You know, maybe Sentinels throw in the bind instead of the Ascent, and we're wondering whether that makes a difference in the series. This was a shellacking. It was just dominance. And okay, Sentinels win on Haven, so I'm not going to discuss that too much. But the Ascent gameplay was a fundamental outplaying. They read the fact that 100 Thieves love to run this really slow spread default on their attacking half, and Sick knew that he could just challenge and take 1v1s every time in mid. If he swings wide in mid, he's never going to meet multiple people because that's never how 100 Thieves hold mid. And 100 Thieves don't play early round for mid control. Like, you look at a heat map of where 100 Thieves are, you could, be, you could genuinely be a, a, a numbers analyst and come up with this strat because you can see it from the from the API data yeah. of the, the pace that 100 Thieves play at, that Sick is always going to be able to play aggressively on Catwalk and take those 1v1s. And he just snowballed. He snowballed out of control with his Phoenix ults, and he was taking the 1v1s and hitting the shots, and there was nothing that 100 Thieves did to adapt to stop him. They didn't increase the pace. They didn't put more pressure towards there. They weren't able to uproot him. Has Sick been able to do this against anybody else on Ascent so far? No, no. not really. He no. didn't have that kind of a performance against any other team on Ascent. But against 100 Thieves, they had a specific idea of where he should play and how he should play, and it worked brilliantly. And they got 
thoroughly outplayed. And this goes back to my original point about Sentinels. The more time you give them to play against other opponents, Shazam's going to come up with a good strategy of how to beat them. They've done it against other teams in the past, and they did it here against 100 Thieves. And that, I think, is something that they deserve a lot of credit for, and something 100 Thieves have to come back in Challengers 3 and really, like, reconsider whether they've been... Um, whether they need to change up their style when it comes to this map, because it is their best map, but when, thing, when, when one map is your best, it's the one that people have the most data on. It's the one that they know how you play the most. And like with Sentinels on Haven, you can be counter-stratted on it. And this was, in my opinion, just a pretty fundamental counter-stratting, and then Sick also popping off. Yeah, hard agree. They just completely understood how to play the map control game. Played it to a T. Sick was on fire, but he was also enabled by... Yeah, as you were saying, just the read. He he knew exactly how to out how to outplay them, how to when how and when to to push CAD. He was just getting mega value. He he was just played excellently this series. Um but I mean overall, Hundred Thieves, I mean, pretty rough tournament. If we want to even take it away from the Sentinels game, because I don't really have much more to say. I think you hit all I mean, you hit the key point, which is their their read of them. They also lost to Luminosity. Yeah. To, to even be in the lower bracket. And they threw um, away so many post plants in that game, too. Like, they, they actually... I, I don't know how many diffuses or, or whatever you can, uh, you can spot across these series, but it felt like a huge amount going towards LG. I mean, they're on Ascent. There's, there's a lot of them. And then <laughs> there again, there's a, there's a ton. But the, it really did feel like a lot of key rounds were getting thrown away because 100 Thieves just couldn't, couldn't get it together in post plants. Yeah. Moose had an excellent series here. Really impressive honestly on luminosity he, he was playing very well he, he continues to impress me especially being such a, a, a new face in the scene my, i feel like uh, that series was oh sorry go ahead Brent. i was gonna go say ahead. my question is though, how is this going to be affecting 100 thieves then moving forwards because challenge is one understandable okay i mean the, the circumstances that were around that fair enough challenges two the first opportunity to, to actually qualify for masters I mean, this is not a great showing for 100 Thieves. Our expectations for this team coming into 2021 were very high. We were anticipating this team to be right there at the top of Tier 1. Now, they're still a, a top team in North America, don't get me wrong, to even get to this point. They're still up there. But we're expecting a little bit more, I think, from them, uh, especially off the back of this. So what, what are we making of this moving into Challengers 3, then, have asked? Well, I, so I'm, I'm uniquely positioned already to answer uh -huh. this because that was... I, had, I, was watching, I was watching Steel the other day because sometimes, okay. you know, it's, you know, you're, you're surfing around. You're like, you know, I'll go to the Steel stream because it's fun to watch him get really mad at ranked players. That's what he does <laughs> on a stream is he gets really mad at ranked players. And he was talking about how he, I feel like they developed and he was talking about how they developed, like they had won a tournament and then everyone just figured out how they played. Essentially, he said they have to like change everything. Essentially, they felt like they innovated a lot of strats. And they like did a lot of things differently that a lot of people weren't doing, especially like with how good that's, especially with just how well they were able to take map control and like lurk off that map control and like what information they had. And Steel said they needed to like change everything moving forward because they've been completely figured out. So I think they they are going to go to the drawing board and try to change up their style drastically. Also unrelated, but sort of related. I feel like the Luminosity game in particular was so rough because Asuna had like a bad series. And if Asuna has a bad series, 100 Thieves kind of collapse because they rely so heavily on him to get entries. And the rest of them play so passively where Asuna has to be like kind of the tip of the sphere. Yeah. Where it's so hard for them to like make space and get picks without 
as in a being like in form. For, Definitely like, a, agree a with that point yeah. of us. Yeah, I, I yeah. think this was what I was going to bring up as well. It was a particularly poor tournament. Like Dicey actually played better than he has done in a lot of recent tournaments. Uh, and Nitro looked really good as well. But they had a very quiet tournament from Asana and Hiko as well, to be honest. There was no notable moments from Hiko from uh, what I can remember. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I totally agree with your argument about the tip of the spear. They rely so much on Asana having that entry component for them because Dicey doesn't really do that even when he's playing the jet on attack. Um, so I think... This shouldn't just indicate to them that Asuna needs to have a good tournament. I think it also needs to indicate to them that Dyson needs to do more of that role too. Um, because you can't just live or die on whether or not Asuna's popping off. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I do... I, I like some of the changes they're making. Uh, looking back at that Icebox game, like they're trying out the Sage, which was nice. But having... As, having Asuna playing on the Sage, I just don't think was the right move for him. Having a Sage, good idea. Him playing it, eh. I, I, again, would like to see him on the Rain on that map. Shut up. Yeah, he, he's... Right. Uh, uh, Asuna's had just so many really, really strong games on Reyna, on Icebox. He's kind of always been the standout player on that map for them. And he was just relegated to playing Sage and putting a wall onto the corner of A site and then trying to plant behind it. In and that really wall, bad dead that wall. All teams, dead that wall. I don't want to see it ever again. It's not a good wall. No, uh, it, it just forces, it forced Asuna to try to place the spike in the very corner of sight on every A hit. And if one segment of that wall gets broken, he has to stop. The, the plant is boomed. He has to rotate around to the other side of A, and then they basically self-funnel their whole team onto having to go through the only other side into the A site because they can no longer access the yeah. right side and try to plant there. And the defenders the, know that dead they... Dead the wall. Yeah. All teams. And I saw Sentinel start doing it. Please, I don't want to see it anymore. Yeah, it's not a good wall. Uh, it also just gives the retakers control of the entirety of the site. They don't have to worry about any of the 50-50 angles because they've seen your wall position and they right. know that you're not playing for site control. Uh, you're playing just to fall back, which isn't the best way of repelling retaking A at all. Seems they're they're pretty comfortable in their understanding at least. I know Steel was saying on stream that um well that's a cool camera shot. Steel was saying uh <laughs> sorry, that, You are a squirrel. That's uh, mesmerized <laughs> by it. God that is, that, that was cool. Guy. That was inside the little Ooh. that was Ooh. inside the glass okay. thing. Ah. Uh Steel was saying that I think on stream he said that he knows what they did wrong, or at least he thinks he knows what they did wrong. Yeah. And obviously, he wasn't going to talk about it on stream, but they seem to have a clear understanding of what went wrong for them in this tournament, which is good, okay? The, the, the last thing you want is for them to start using vague terms and describing how they lost, like, ah, oh, we just, I don't know, you know, it just wasn't our game, or which in some cases it wasn't, I think. Some players clearly underperformed, but hopefully they end up performing better again. Challengers 3. Yeah, they're still favorites to be able to make it through to Masters the next time around. Yeah, yeah and I fully believe that they can rectify the issues yeah. that yep. they had I, I think forward. I, I mean, think they lost sure. the series against LG rather than LG winning it I think 100 Thieves made more mistakes there mm -hmm. and I would expect usually that 100 Thieves would be able to take that I think it was a good win for LG for sure to be able to beat a tier 1 team like that but 100 Thieves if you play it out more times again in the future I think they're the team that's going to improve rather than LG and uh, 100 Thieves will maintain the lead okay 
There's a couple more teams that, uh, that I, I mean, they just didn't qualify. Let's be real here. Um, uh, LG, which we've already talked about. Genji and FaZe. Uh, why you really wanted to talk about FaZe. No, Clan. I don't. I never want to talk about FaZe again. <laughs> and it's nothing, it's, it's nothing against FaZe. I just, I feel like we, there's been so much discussion about FaZe. And maybe it's because everybody wants to hear FaZe talked about because Overwatch and Overwatch, I, yeah, Overwatch, Overwatch. So, but, so all I hear about is FaZe Clan. <laughs> I, go to, I go to sleep at night. I wake up in the middle of the night with cold sweats. Oh, baby, baby. I, I, I have trouble getting back to sleep. All I think about is FaZe. They've taken over my life. And I don't want to hear about FaZe anymore. I don't want to talk about FaZe anymore. But I wish them the best in Challengers 3. <laughs> <laughs> I say we make Wyatt leading FaZe analysts. We're going to get a yeah. sideline flat chat reporter. And every FaZe game, Wyatt's there to report on the match. And we're going to have him be on the sidelines when the when events start happening he has to be there in like an oversized suit you know like wait he has to be waiting with the microphone to talk about them maybe do some interviews i think i think your enthusiasm is is it's not being hidden very well Wyatt. we're gonna get you into the face yeah, I mean, let's, the leading yeah, analyst i like it let's talk about a team that actually did show some promise and gen g yeah um because god it this team just feels cursed to never make it deep in tournaments it is pretty rough isn't it they they got a they got a hard shout here they went up against immortals and then they go up against um 100 thieves like all right those those teams didn't make it to the finals it's not like they lost to sentinels nv <sighs> who ended up winning the whole thing but genji were uh, uh, yeah they got slapped on icebox which is unusual actually because i thought genji's uh, attacking half would would uh, maybe redeem them in, in there but the Genji themselves looked like they had promise. And that, I think, is my takeaway from this. Despite the fact that they went out and just weren't able to get a series together, whatever. But they still look like a promising team. This looks like the best iteration of Genji. Booster's really well integrated. They look like they have good teamwork and have fixed a lot of their issues that they've previously had in the past. This isn't the same one-dimensional Gen G. I guess the problem for them is that even though they've got better, a lot of the other NA teams have as well. So now they're competing against a better... Yeah. Um, they're, they're competing against more competitive peers than they ever have done before. I think, yeah, Gen G are in this place right now where they, they were in stasis for so long. Uh, they were just in the they were just frozen the cryo chamber and meanwhile all the other NA teams were improving they were just stuck they were frozen and now they've been released the ice has melted they, they can begin to improve again they have they have a good staff they have a great coach um, and it, it they do look like they actually have promise now and I'm looking forward to seeing them again and really the standout thing despite them losing for me was just Kusta is just really good. Kusta he is has, really good. For being so new to the game, he has such an excellent sense for what is going on around him. He, he understands player positioning very well, enemy positioning. He understands the timings very well. He knows when to flank. He really has an excellent sense for the game, for mm -hmm. someone who is so new. Um, and he looks to be a real standout for this team moving forward. And it looks like, yeah, they're just in a place where they can... I feel like the next time we see them, we are going to see them be better. So I'm just ex I'm excited for that. And they're at least in Challengers 3, so they, they've got another shot to qualify. I'm excited for us to circle back to the Jinji phase hellscape again, where we, <laughs> we come back once again, and we're like, guys, this well, maybe not so much phase. It seems like we've, we've officially given up on the phase, on the phase <laughs> angle, but on Jinji at Stop. least, I, I have a worry. I have a worry that even still, we're going to come back because they do. Yeah, they look they look better. I had hope for them we'll after the core qualifier run. 
And Kusta does look really, really good and really intuitive on, you know, the Sentinel. But I'm just, I don't know. Everyone else is looking so much better than this team. I feel like they didn't look extremely dynamic either. Like they aren't, they weren't even necessarily playing the context right. style that has sort of like taken place like a lot more that's become a lot more prevalent either. So I'm just, I'm still worried about this team. And I'm still to worried I'm going to come back to the Sisyphean hell. Let's push the ball <laughs> To be fair, the... The feeling I have about Gen G is definitely the same feeling I had for Envy. I feel like it's almost mirrored in that aspect before mm. this tournament. I feel like there's there's almost parallels of teams not reaching their potential, but you know the potential's there. And any tournament now, they, there's just going to be a moment where they reach it and they're going to go further than people I, were anticipating. I guess the problem is that Envy had already made it to a finals previously. Yeah. They've just never been able to actually beat a... a you know, win yes. a title. Like this was the f- first time that Envy have won a tournament. But you have they made the finals of Pop Flash, yeah, and they looked. Oh, Pop Flash was how long ago it was that? It was a long time ago. That was, was in September. August, September. Fucking hell, man! Yeah, no, it was a long time ago. But what I'm saying is, Genji, it's genuine ancient history since they were in that position. Like yeah. actual like when, the, when ancient, the beta was released, was before yeah. Rome fell. I mean, you were talking about them being in cryostasis. Yeah, the, the stone. <laughs> there are stone tablets out there telling of Genji's success. They're, they've been used to translate ancient languages. <laughs> And that, yeah. I think, makes it a bit of a different situation. I, I, yeah, but again, though, I, 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 was, I do think there is something to the fact that they were just stuck for so long yeah. while the other teams were improving that it's like now, finally, the engine has started. They, they can actually start to improve now. Um, so I, uh, maybe I'm being hopeful, but I, I do feel like it's... I think it's more likely that we continue to see Genji improve from this point then they either fall in the ranks or return to just being stuck in time, um, at least for the within the next like couple months. Avas stroking his chin like a doubter. I, I guess the <laughs> Masters <laughs> Masters has eight teams, so you only need to be theoretically top eight to be able to make it. That's which hard though. That is hard, but I think Genji are probably a top eight team right now yeah. like maybe they're eight i mean right now yeah so we have lg genji phase 100, 100 thieves and then who else is going to make tsm tsm nrg maybe nrg so they're the other yeah. team version one yeah. but yeah, i mean version genji one, are better than version one and, uh, i don't think version one will make it for sure and then i, I think, think the last i don't think like amateur team, honestly yeah i mean dignitas actually oh, dropped out they, right they dropped out oh, they dropped out yeah the, oh, i didn't see that my chat where did they say that yeah, maybe we should be covering that later on in the show, actually. But I know that. I'm pretty sure it's because Sam's yeah. in hospital. Oh, really? Yeah, I think Sam uh, went in for surgery. I don't know what it's oh, about. Well. I haven't looked into oh, the situation. I think I just... it's the surgery that he's been wanting to have for a while or some sort, I think. But yeah, he's been oh, trying geez. to get this for a while and he couldn't. So yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't okay. know the specifics well, either. Wishes to him. Yeah, wish him all the best as well. well I but feel bad for I think playing, the, the bracket got released and Dig were going to match up against TSM. And yeah. I think, I don't, I don't know again? whether they... Yeah, again. And I think Dignitas were like, well, okay, I guess we bow out. That is, that is <laughs> that unfortunate awful seeding. For them. Genuinely awful. They just keep playing TSM and yeah. doing fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, but but regardless, yeah. So I mean, Genji would have to so wait. So I mean, I think it's very reasonable then that your top four could be LG, Genji, Hundred Thieves, and TSM. Maybe yeah. Maybe I think TSM. that's that's yeah. a pretty reasonable end result. I think yeah. they've got a pretty good shot of yeah, making that's, it. That's fair. That's fair. This is, uh, he's a doubter. <laughs> I am, I'm just a Jinchi doubter because I feel like we've had these same conversations for a long time and they haven't changed that much. You know, like, sure, they've mm. added Kusta, they've added a new coach, but it's not like huge shifts 
yeah. for their culture sure. necessarily. And their sentinel play was never really the issue for this team. I, so like, yes, Kusta is really good. I don't know if Kusta is necessarily better than player one was, you know, like I, I just, I think he is. I think he is I think now he definitely, I, after watching this tournament, despite the, the losses, I think he, he definitely is, or at the so. very least, I think you have to think he probably will be. Not even That's probably. Fair. He will be. That's um, fair. Let's let's talk about some of the, the roster moves in North America, which are still happening despite the fact that challenges is going on. Namely Android, as you can see to NRG Rebo Rebo as well to Ambox. Um Android to NRG being the biggest one here, given the fact that I mean he, he was a shining light on Ambox. Yeah. Uh, one of the I mean he was it was the standout player. Um, and it seemed like he was always a bit of a, a misfit on that roster, given that he felt felt like he was always the one who was clamoring and dragging this team to the prospects of Tier 1. And now it's he's moved over to the NRG roster, and I am left wondering. I, uh, well, actually, before I even say what I think, do you guys think that this is a better fit for Android now? Is this where you we're going to see his potential met? I... Mm. Yes, but I don't know if it's going to be immediate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the the prospect of the Android and EU duo is pretty strong. <laughs> um, that that is a that, that, that God haze is old. That, <laughs> like, that, is, that is such a God. That is that is like okay, yeah. Raise what? your dongers, am I right? <laughs> that is ancient. I, there are so many people. Watching Twitch now, they just don't even. They don't they know don't about raising know dongers. Yeah, they don't they didn't hear. They haven't even heard about that. Their dongers, dongers have been lowered for years. <laughs> yeah. um, low dongers. But uh, that the prospects of that duo that is going to be really nasty. But I do, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be immediate for yeah. this NRG roster. But there is more potential for it than whatever was going on at Anbox. <laughs> 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 I, I mean, unfortunately, I would honestly, I'd love to know what was going on behind the scenes at Anbox. Um, uh, so here's my theory. Okay, give it to me. Have you got your tinfoil hat? I'll ready? put it on. We, yeah. we need some genuine tinfoil yeah, hats. The amount, of, the amount of conspiracy theories we spout is ridiculous. How does this tie into David Dennis? <laughs> no, David yeah, I don't think David has to know. Where's the connection? Where's David the Dennis connection? and the fuck conspiracy is okay. a different matter. This okay, is a this, different is a, matter. this doesn't connect. Okay. No, but this, okay. so NRG announced the, sorry. And box sounds and okay. Begin sentence, brain. And box <laughs> announced the signing of Android, um, just under six months ago. Okay, and so I my see going my theory right. is that they probably signed Android to a six-month contract, mm. and obviously you sign him before you announce him. That's the way that it normally goes. Yeah. So he's probably, if I had to guess. He came to the end of his six-month term with Anbox. He didn't really see a future for the team, maybe with the internal issues around their IGLing and the fact that they've had to bring in Rebo, etc. Maybe he doesn't believe in the future vision. Maybe he just feels like he wasn't personally getting used properly, which I agree with both aspects of that. I think Anbox don't look that great in the future, and I don't think they were using Android that well. And I think he was just looking for another home. And I think that with teams, most teams are not going to want to make roster moves right in the middle of a Challengers series, unless they're a team like NRG, who is in a bit of a slump and wants that extra firepower to be able to maybe push them over the line and try and qualify for Masters. Um, that's, that's my theory as to what's going on with Android there. And so I don't necessarily think that Android has 
had like the NRG was his perfect home and he's always wanted to go there, I would just theorize it's yeah. a good stepping stone move for him to get out of a very tactical system and into more of a I mean, NRG are also quite a slow attempt I mean, at a tactical team. Yeah, they but really are. with NRG's um, duelist line now, they have the opportunity, I think, to play a little more explosively or at least set Android up to play a little more loosely, I suppose, so that with him and Shanks, they can actually work picks and use that to inform what they want to do in the rest of the map instead of being stuck in a very specific tactic. Um, I don't think Andro Android had the occasional map where he would drop like 30. He even dropped a map where he dropped like 39 or something. He nearly dropped a 40 bomb, I think. Um, but generally speaking... It was against an RG. Was it? Yeah. yeah. But generally speaking, the, the Unbox style was not making good use of Android. And you can't you're not going to be able to know how good Android actually is until he plays on a team that properly utilizes him. Uh, and so I think NRG could be a decent stepping stone for him in his career. I he looks like a player with a lot of promise. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this was a good move from NRG. I don't know if this roster right now is going to be the one. I don't find it highly likely. And by that, I mean enter into like the top whatever five six like being able to make semis or finals win tournaments but this i think that having being able to secure both android and eu on one roster is something to build off of so i'm at the very least more confident for the future of nrg down the line if they want to make more changes later um I am interested in seeing, they, they had said that Som would be moving over to the smoke role. I'm interested in seeing how that works. I, I think he was, he was one of those guys who had that problem on Duelists where they just, they can't help, they, 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 they don't know when to stop. They just can't help themselves. They just have to take the next fight and the next fight. He, he, just, he just couldn't slow down. So maybe being on a role where he inherently has to slow down a little bit if they have him playing further in the back of the pack, Maybe that'll help him, honestly. Because in terms of the other elements of his play, mechanics and everything, he was very strong. Um, and, he, and he still would have good maps as a duelist. But yeah. I think that this could actually be a positive change for him as well. Um, We're assuming, by the way, that Infinite is going to be the guy that gets dropped. I mean, that's, at, that's all, but... At, well, at the moment, it's just that he's out on an injury. And they haven't sure. announced anything official. But that is what everybody's assuming, is that Android is coming in, Som's moving over to Smoke, yeah. Infinite's getting dropped, and they reshuffle the roster in that yeah, way. Just needs more time to play Tarkov. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. want to play anymore. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he, he's, he's going to be gone. <laughs> Let's be real here. He's gone. It seems likely. It seems likely. <laughs> Pretty sure he's, he's off the team. And Unbox are fucked. I mean, this, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't know what to think of Unbox. <laughs> I keep thinking about it because you were looking at an article about it on your stream. The Ewing effect. Just... The possibility that Anbox losing their star player will just enable the rest of their pieces every to time. flourish. It doesn't mean that every <laughs> time you should drop your star player and try and, like, your, your, what is the key to success for Anbox? Mm, access the Ewing effect. We must drop our best players and, <laughs> and reach this mythical level. The thing is, they just don't have any firepower now. 
That's yeah. The, I mean, that is. I mean, they have like Yay sometimes. I mean, Yay is gonna have to go. I mean, and, and listen, Yay has had some really excellent maps so far. He has had maps where it looks like he could be a a real star player. He needs to access that. His third eye must open. He must play like that on every map. He must become Android and then surpass the Android in his mind. <laughs> and I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> uh, and if he can do that... He has some crystals. Oh, wow. <laughs> the rest yeah. of the team. And listen... I, I, I like Rebo. I think people are underrating Rebo. I, 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 people are being really hard on Rebo, and I think that he's a, a pretty interesting player to watch. I think he has some nice ideas. He's pretty unique in his utility usage. Um, so, listen, I, 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 I'm happy for Rebo that he has an opportunity to be signed and, and play for, for an org. And I actually think he's a decent player, and he could be a decent leader for this team. But I, they're just going to have the same problem. And without Android, the firepower problem is going to be even worse. Um, it... Uh, Mata, who had been playing for Luminosity, he was a Sova for Luminosity before this Moose Dre iteration during First Strike. Um, evidently, he's going to be playing with them in Challengers 3. I don't know if he's still playing Sova. If he is, I, I don't know what comp they're going to run. I don't really know what they're going to attempt to do because there's definitely some role overlap, um, specifically when you're looking at Seb and Rebo. And then, I, I mean, I, I'm assuming Boy is going to stay on Smokes and then Mata will be playing, I don't know, maybe he will be the other duelist. I'm, I'm not sure what they're going to try. Maybe they just, no duelist. Maybe they NIP it. I wouldn't be mad at that, honestly. Yeah. Um, they could play one duelist, theoretically. I yeah, think a lot I mean, of teams have been yeah. getting around yeah, with the, just get a single duelist. So. You get the one duelist and then the rest of it you play like NIP. Um, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, listen, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for this team, and it's gonna be tough for the exact same reasons. But those reasons are gonna be even more evident because Android is gone. They just they need to play DM all day long and hit all their shots, and they will be fine. But that that is still the problem with the team. All right, let's talk about Sorry, it. that. Was just fucking. Oh, that's okay. I just wanted to add in right at the end here is that when I said earlier that Dignitas had dropped out of Challengers yeah. 3. I can't find the source for that anymore. And I don't know where it was. Your Twitch chat, probably. My Twitch chat showed me it, but they also showed me a source and I can't find it anymore. And I don't know whether it's even real. So this sounds reliable. That from your this memory. sounds reliable. Yeah, I mean, I utterly unreliable good. news coming at you from Plat Chat Squad. <laughs> okay. So, so it may be true. It may not be true. Might have just invented some horse shit that, and parroted what my Twitch chat told yep. me. I can't, I can't find the source anymore. Judge okay. Wilkinson would like the jury to forget that this ever happened. <laughs> yes, yeah, strike it from the record. <laughs> strike it from we're the gonna record. We're going to move on rapidly. We're, uh, we're an hour and 20 in roughly, and we've only just finished North America. That's fine. That's pretty I mean, good. And that's way of... better. That's way better than the other time. It's actually that's better so timing. Better. Yeah, yeah, better timing than we usually do. Let's talk about Your the patch notes. Your hosting skills are amazing. Oh, we're uh, we're yeah, we've got, yeah. we got the patch notes to talk patch about. Notes. This tournament was infuriating to watch yeah well let's go over the patch notes uh, open them up and we can we can talk about it mainly being the biggest problem being the stinger was the, yeah. the where, where yeah. i think yep a lot of our issues come from uh and it's finally nerfed obviously in this patch that came out uh, a while ago now um as we're doing this episode but uh, we didn't really talk about it i think the patch notes got released as the episode was live yeah i think it was like so the we, day the we day didn't after get to, we knew it was being nerfed we just didn't know really in what way it seems like quite a reasonable nerf they, they made changes to a bunch of different guns the frenzy the sting and the marshall um but watching it in the tournament the biggest takeaway was holy shit the economy 
doesn't matter in most of the situations. In, in the previous patch, you mean? In the previous yeah. patch, yeah. In, 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 in 2.02 games. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the, the force by Stinger was just so powerful. I mean, it, you got so yeah. much bang for your buck for such a low amount of money. The, the teams were also, the, it was like the last hurrah of the Stinger. <laughs> it really so was. everyone tried to use it as much as humanly possible to abuse it before it disappeared. And it just became ridiculous. I swear this tournament had more Stinger usage than the previous ones that were on the same patch. It definitely did. I mean, Sentinels, it like it, right? Sentinels uh, ego, they, they were stuck in Stinger hell against Envy on split. Yeah, they, were. they just got Stingers every single round. Um, there, was, there was definitely, yeah, there, there had to be some kind of psychological effect in play. Felt... It was just everybody wanted to buy the Stinger. Yeah. But, but yeah, as you were saying, this needed to happen because uh, watching this tournament, <laughs> you realize how having such a good gun at a low cost just devalues the meaning of a round yeah. in a game like this and I, and every round um because the when the economy doesn't matter the rounds don't have as much weight there's not as much yeah there's just not as much emphasis put on a crucial gun round when you can buy a stinger and you will randomly get a 2K Feeds with it. Feeds into it as well. Like if one team force buys, the other team sometimes will feel incentivized to force buy because the other team might have just won a round of stinger armor and yeah. they're bonusing. Yeah. So it's like constantly trying yeah, to... It's like, they only have stingers, we can we win can, with stingers. We can win with stingers armor. So yeah. they're just buying stingers armors. And it's I felt just nonsense. so sorry for Sean and DDK who were casting, I think, some of the worst matches of this. That were taking place because they had come in they were casting some like the theoretically on paper good matches but they ended up being horribly one-sided yeah they just come in and it's just there's no semblance of any sort of economical importance in the rounds <laughs> they're just casting essentially a call of duty smg <laughs> gun fest with teams running around yeah. and i'm like wow i mean yeah you gotta feel for them as well when when some of the major strengths is the analytical Knowledge that they bring. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, now, I mean. Now it, I really want to see Sean and DDK do CDL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of card. Can you imagine them in that scene? That would be so funny. The, uh, I got a sort of frustration mounting for Wyatt too, because like I would, the, the turn would be ongoing and Wyatt would be like, I'm done with the stinger. He'd be like, <laughs> I'm done with it. You know, he'd, tweet, he'd just tweet that. And then like later on, I'd be like, get the stinger out of here. Separate tweet. Oh. Get it out of here. Like each day, topic. The, the verbiage would get madder and more mad. While we're on this topic, get rid of the fucking right-click on the classic. <laughs> because I'm going to use this as my personal soapbox, but I jumped back into the game yesterday for a long time, for the yeah. first time in a while. That gun is still so ridiculous. <laughs> you get free. It's absurd. The amount of times I got RNG one-tapped by a classic from like 15 meters away was absurd. Or like... I remember there was one example of a jet with their knives out. They dashed. They missed me with the right click on their knives, and they still had time to reset with, and right just immediately right click as soon as their gun reset and one tapped me with the classic <laughs> up close. I was like, actually, Kurt, if you can find that clip on uh, on uh, Bren's stream, it's hilarious because the way that you frame it is that there was nothing you could do. What, it's what, somebody clipped it? I got outplayed. Oh, yeah, I saw the clip. Somebody <laughs> clipped it? I saw the clip. Oh, uh, we don't need to see it. And uh, I take it back. What happened back. was, was back. you had a raise rocket out. You fired it oh, at dude, a... Oh, no, but that... Okay, if we rewatch... No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> we, just, <laughs> we, 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 we need the clip. This, what, what are you expecting me to do? Fucking air shot her? When she oh, dashed no. into me, like the, the, the janky ass hitbox, you see her contort her body in midair. Like, what, you supposed to, what, am I supposed to hit that shit? No, but then afterwards, when you had your gun out, 
You just missed her completely. Yeah, I run a low sense. What can I say? I run a low sense. I'm like whacking <laughs> my arms. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Look at this shit. I'm like, I'm like, I'm losing my mind, by the way, because we're playing four duelists on Icebox. I'm like, there's no fight. I'm like, okay, I missed the art. Look at this. Look at this. Look at his face. You know, honestly, I can feel the frustration for Brent. I like that you can read his lips. He said, get it out of the game. Get out of the fucking game! I've had enough! I've had enough of this gun! What it's been playing me for so fucking MIDI, long! I'm like, okay, I've got her. Right what is so she doing? Cool. Look at this. I use it against the backdrop. She dashes into me. She misses her right click. Just fucking spams the right click. And does 182 damage with the fucking classic right click. 182 damage. Get it out of the game! I'm sick of it! Stop! Just fucking copy CS for the love of God with the Glock. Just make it like a burst that goes like this. I don't care. I'm sick of it. Can we run the clip one more time, Kurt? Because I, I, I suspect... I, I don't know whether I'm correct here, but I think you took some damage from the knives, and it wasn't 182 from the right no, click. No, it was 182 was it? from the right click. He was on full health at the end? I think so. Okay, we're, we'll run it back maybe one more time. I, th I well, think you took a little bit of damage. Yeah, even because... Still, two headshots on the to kill you. Like, it, the watch third bullet on. doesn't even need to hit. Right, so he's, let's watch his health. Let's watch he's his on health 150. Here. Uh oh. There's the dash. It missed. He takes no damage there. Oh, no, no, he he takes no damage. Damage. it's all from the classic. Fair enough, get it out of the game. Bro, it yeah, is. Get it out of the game. Okay, but as much as I've gone on that tirade... I, the they've game. made some very good moves with the weapon balance in the game. With some of my major issues with this, with with the game, but that is the final one. That is the lat. It's like the fucking final Infinity the final Stone. Final one. People are people. People are already making rumblings about the Judge and the Bucky. I got people no issues already. with the Judge or the Bucky. They, they may change. They may change the Bucky. People used are to be, pissed over the oh, Bucky. Yeah. They used I will to be say. way worse. I used to be. A Bucky one trick. I used to run that gun all the time sometimes because it was just absurd. You'd be running and gunning and right click would be perfectly accurate. Yeah, yeah. But they made they nerfed it and I'm like, okay, fair enough. It's still a they're still both situational guns. I actually I, think But I feel like that's the same for the classic right click. Well oh. the range is a bit too large. I, I, I actually think that the Bucky could use a, a nerf to the price. I think they could inc increase the price slightly. Make it like a hundred or, Possibly, or yeah. hundred yeah. more or two hundred more. Uh, even still, like the classic right click, as soon as I, I've got that fucking the nerf, the inf the infinity stone just <laughs> you're, you're gonna be in radiant. Fucking radiant. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah, the classic's keeping them down. Yeah. But overall, yeah. well, the other thing in this patch, though, there was big news. It was like uh, trending on Twitter with a, uh, tens of thousands of tweets about it. Was Reyna getting nerfed? Mm. Because evidently... Actually, I, I don't think Reyna got nerfed here. I'm going to say something controversial. I don't think Reyna got nerfed. I think Reyna got buffed. For some place. Because she, got I, buffed? she definitely got nerfed for some place. I, I, I actually think, and I've heard this statement echoed by others, so you don't have to even take my word only. I've heard Caboose talk about this as well. You know, yeah, Sliggy had the same opinion. Quick. But I actually think Reyna got buffed because it made her utility more consistent now. Because you can actually more consistently get orbs. Yeah. I, I actually well, think she got buffed. She definitely got a buff on, a, on pistols. On pistol rounds? Absolutely. There are so many situations where you tag someone with a pistol, but if you, if you don't get like... Or rather, a better way to frame it, if you get the overheal on pistol rounds... You are in prime position machine. to pop off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So being able to more consistently get to 150 on pistol rounds, big buff. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's. 
I don't think it's strong enough of a change that it's a buff, but it's enough that reducing the amount of orbs you can get from four to two isn't a nerf, if that makes sense. I feel like yeah, it kind of just I, evened itself out. I think about it in this way. How many times do Rainers actually take fights with the rest of their team? And in the, in the current usage of, of Rainer, it's very rare. Normally, Rainers holding dumb angles that are one and done because they can dismiss out, taking aggressive pushes just on their own because they can dismiss away, and you don't take a teammate with you because, mate, that's throwing. Yeah. Because if they get stuck, they are dead because yeah. they don't have a dismiss. And stuff like, I don't know, like shot up when he pushes through a smoke and gets a pick and dismisses away. Those are the instances where you get the most value out of Reyna, and those are not the instances where you have a teammate ready to actually get the kill, and then you get the orb off the, the, the assist. So... To me, it's a side grade that has some moments where it's a buff, some, some moments where it's a nerf, but overall dilutes the, um, yeah, the essence of Rainer. The, the specific niche that Rainer had, as in you must get the kill in order to have value, but if you do get the kill, you have big value, is now just watered down. You think and so? I, yeah. yeah. I do as well. A... I kind of, when I'm playing, I mean... As a resident Reina one trick, yeah, th I, I have thanks to for say, that in my games. It's listen. That's why we get the wins. When I uh, <laughs> when I uh, when I'm playing Reina now, there is something about it that I I don't know. It's not as fun. It's there's something about it that isn't as seeing the orb pop up because I, I I'm on a pistol and I hit someone for thirty and then someone else headshot. It's like eh. Yeah, it's I mean, eh. I want to get four orbs in one round. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, it, I don't know. It feels like I, I kind of I agree with the essence being gone a little bit, but they, they, when when game developers make decisions to balance the game, they often take in a variety of of data, and sometimes they they balance based off of pro play. Sometimes it's off of ranked. This seems like a ranked play. Yeah, it does um, change because stop the I, Smurfs. I reckon. Yeah, I reckon this is. I mean, this is precisely what it is, right? Reina seemed like she just kind of. Um, what's the best word to, to use here? Terrorized. <laughs> I mean, she definitely terrorized the lower ranks, but she would she would just highlight the strengths of a Smurf, where mm. Smurfs take advantage of uncoordinated lobbies, and it her entire kit was built to enable you as an individual yeah, to pop yeah, off. Yeah. And if you place in those lobbies where you drastically outskill everybody, you can just take over a game with yeah. old Rainer. Like you, you, that was that was a thing that you could do. Um, it seems like I imagine what's happened is the average player probably plays Rainer doesn't find that same impact. She's so, she was so much based on your own individual play. Yeah. And so her win rate probably didn't reflect that. With this trying to focus more on the team tag damage, you're, you're kind of, not only you're knocking a lot of the impact out of the hands of the Smurfs, but you're also making it easier for her to play, basically. Yeah, for for the average player. And yeah, it, yeah, I suppose so. You're, you're taking away, I feel like when they introduced her concept, it was such a Valorant thing. It was like a... It's like, you know how Valorant as a game kind of markets itself as like the, the fucking cool game. I'm the fucking cool game, oh, yeah. you know? Right, like right. Play playing the music, cool. playing the, <laughs> yeah. it sounds like the cyberpunk theme, but it's not. 
Reyna was like almost the embodiment of Valorant as a game where it's like, you are going to solo carry as Reyna. It's like yeah. an entirely solo carry agent. So it appeals to Wyatt. That's why it's locking it in God, our game. I feel cool when I lock Reyna every game and provide no utility. The 9 and yeah. 17, no utility but, Reyna. But I, I'm My not little a, brother was playing. I'm not upset <laughs> at this change, personally. I'm not upset because it seems like they've made a decision based off the data that they've got. It doesn't seem like they're doing it off of pro play. Because it's almost like well, they wouldn't if it was. Off I'm not robot. upset because I didn't give a shit about the agent. Honestly, like the agent was just a bit of a troll as it was. Yeah. Like when when you saw it getting value at pro play, you were like, "Well, there there it fucking goes again." <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? yeah. It was yeah. just like, "Oh well, yeah, you held an angle and dismissed away. Cool." So it wasn't like they've they haven't killed anything cool here. They just they had a design idea for Rainer and they have diluted it. Whether or not that's a good or a bad thing, I think, depends on your perspective of whether you enjoyed how Reyna was before or enjoy it how it is now. I, I, don't, I don't think it's anything to get that bothered about. It's but, just... But shouldn't you be excited that it's bringing her kit, like, almost more in line with team play style? I feel like no. now... You know, not excited, Wyatt. I'm you're just not, not excited, huh? I don't want to. You're team. hypocrisy. I'm tired of it, Wyatt. You've 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 lambasted Reyna yep. all this time, and you're locking yep. it in ranked, and now yep. you're not excited about the changes trying to bring nope. it in line with a more team utility style. Nope. In fact, I'm hashtag cancel Wyatt. We're done with Wyatt. <laughs> cancel. Him. I, this be broke. He's out of here. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I was gonna say. I, I actually. I did want to make an actual yeah, point. Just, just Before you off. say that, I, I want to make an actual point, which is <laughs> in, going back to one of the things I said, though, like you saying that it doesn't, like, whatever, it doesn't really matter, that kind of yeah. thing. Obviously, people care about this a lot because I have never seen something from Valorant hit main trending Twitter with like 20 or 30,000 tweets mm. or something about this Reina change that like Reina's ruined. That oh, was is the that, narrative. Is that what the yeah, narrative people were was? like, oh, Reina's ruined. I, oh, my, my poor Reina. I just want a one trick Reina. But now yeah. I can't. Like people were very upset. Yeah, that's um, weird. I thought maybe the public opinion would be, thank God people can't roll me as Reina now in my game. I'm sure some mixture, people right? said that, but I saw all, I, overwhelming from what I saw was people want, were upset that she that's had changed. I think Reina's the Genji of Overwatch. <laughs> when it's really strong, yeah. people like it a lot, but some people hate it. But when she's nerfed, everyone says the game's dead. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's what it is. I think it's where we're at. Exactly. I think it's where we're at, maybe. Yeah. So, so, in my opinion, Empress is the most underwhelming ultimate in the game. Yeah. In terms of impact. Yeah. That's, um, that's and true. it said in that little extract from the developer or whoever's writing up the patch notes, it's like, they still want to keep those 1v5 dream moments with the Empress coming up. True. Um, yeah, that's Which a good is what point. they wanted, right? But I still feel like the ultimate, what they've done is inherently, I've, I see this as a nerf personally. I'm curious what they're going to do here with this. But I always feel like the healer's a little bit clunky with it requiring line of sight. So what if when you use Empress, is this too, is this too much? It turns into a 50% lifesteal that doesn't need line of sight. But you also, what? you don't need line of sight for the you, heal when you're you an Empress. You get automatically healed. Do you, you don't need line of sight? You don't play very much Reyna, no. no. I thought, you, I thought you always need if line you, of sight. No, you kill someone, you just get healed. In, in, in Empress. You need line of sight normally when you use Devour, but when you're in the Empress oh, form... Oh, I do know that. When you're in Empress form, you don't need orbs. Everyone drops an orb yeah. automatically. And you, if you dismiss using it, you, well, you just get automatically healed anyway. God, it's and still wank, huh? Yeah. I was proposing yeah. a nerf. <laughs> no, no. no. The Empress is now, it actually has a place because 
if you it has those moments because you can use more than two orbs in yeah. a round yeah. so if you yeah, pop yeah. the empress at yeah. 1v4 it's the only way you're going to win whereas if you don't pop the empress you are only it's having still, two orbs in my opinion the most underwhelming alt in the game yeah but Which at least is, now it has a niche it does have a niche but haven't you just created a niche by nerfing her yes mm-hmm <laughs> yes. You haven't actually increased the impact of the oh, you just no. created more <laughs> situations. Why? Yes. Some people might take offense to that actually as well with me saying Empress is the, mm. the least impactful lot in the game. It's but definitely well, true, no, we've I definitely think. said this before. We've said Empress yeah. is the worst. Yeah, but oh, I mean, 100%. you guys want to play some ranked later? Now I just want to play Rainham. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm actually, his, the, the, every time I watch uh, one game, one match, I get the, I just want to play the game. Yeah. For all day. See, that's the exciting part about Reyna. You never know what you're going to get. One game, I go 9 and 17. Ah, shit. Next game, 29 kills. Because <laughs> Reyna, no consistent oh, value. I think this might be part of the reason as well that Shotup has started transitioning to Breach as well. Yeah, to tie it back genuinely. in the competitive play yeah. a little bit. Is that even though they were playing on the old patch... The Immortals coaching staff might have seen this and thought, well, this doesn't really fit Shot Up style where he likes to take a lot of 1v1s. He's not really playing with his team when he plays Reyna, especially on something like Ascent where he's just holding mid on his own. So why would we have him play Reyna anymore when he can only use yeah. the orb twice? Let's get him on a different role. Let's start early and make sure we have a plan for once we actually get to Masters, which I think is part of what the reason Let's why he was um... playing different stuff. Let's speed run through the rest of these patch notes real quick as well. Was there a, more? Yeah, there was the Marshall change, the Frenzy change. So they buffed the Frenzy cost to $500 now because yep. they, Great they, change. Didn't, they didn't want people buying the Frenzy armor. So I, I really like that change. They buffed the Marshall. They decreased the price of it. They increased the movement speed that you can move while scoped in. They increased the scope as well of yeah, it. Yeah, mate, they increased the scope so much. It looks... Uh, were you ever a kid and you looked down like a, a, <laughs> a, a toilet paper tube and you were like, oh, it's my telescope. But actually all that happens is your FOV is just reduced to a tiny, tiny little amount. That's what I feel like when I look down the Marshall scope now. You, you get zoomed in so far. It's like your, your neck's just gone... <laughs> it's ridiculous I haven't seen it yet you haven't tried I, using well, it I, it's well, I do ridiculous. use the Marshall the zoom is aggressive it, it's pretty ridiculous I use the Marshall but I no scope with it you could Maybe. use it as an electron telescope to try and figure <laughs> out what the what the atoms were that were composing the maps it's yeah. crazy people have complained about that change for Marshall though if people are worried it, it won't I doubt it's gonna matter for pro play like at all honestly like we'll see but people complain that it's gonna incentivize dumb people to buy marshall and they're worried that people are going to start buying marshall because of the price decrease and it's just going to make their life hell is what players i've been seeing players complaining on twitter about this is that they're worried <laughs> about marshall players moving forward just are they worried just about marshall their players just coming forward i don't think there's anything else though right um i don't know in this patch no let's have Sergeant a scroll the stinger the frenzy the well, didn't they make didn't they make changes to yoru uh, oh, yeah, yeah, but I don't did. know Some what quality of life stuff. They yeah. just yeah. They, same with Phoenix. It shows on the right. minimap where the audio cue for your gate crash is, Very which is his teleport. Oh, okay, yeah. uh, and now you can see your minimap when you when you alt, which helps um, you ping stuff. Yeah, but it shows, but it shows your it, enemies that you find in his yeah. ult now are are shown to your allies on the. So you don't now. have to run around slamming the Z key every time. Yeah. All right. Take away the host and duties, Josh. Huh. This falafel wrap is running through me. <laughs> no, wait, we can't both. I have to. Oh, I have yeah. to... By, by the way, by the way, you can leave. I'll tell the story. I, <laughs> no, I'm just going to say, yeah. by the way. So last night yeah. you ordered food oh, and you were like, oh, my food didn't show up. And 
Yeah. Where's and then you, you, and I, you ordered I said, more food. It didn't I, show I said up. to him, I said to him, oh well, they probably haven't stolen it. You should just check nearby houses to see. They've probably just misdelivered it. Brent was like, no, they've stolen it. They took a picture of just a black, black, a black picture. They didn't take a picture. They stole it and ate it. Well, I found oh, out man. this morning at eight a.m. that it wasn't stolen because our neighbor came over and brought Bren's food over. That had been <laughs> outside for about twelve hours. Yeah, something like about that. About twelve hours, just outside. Some, what did he get? A falafel wrap, mm-hmm. a little shawarma. I don't yeah. know. So it, it had just been sitting outside. The neighbor Wait, brought just, it over that, at eight a.m. That's what he ate. So the neighbor brought it over at eight a.m. He's like, mm, I shouldn't eat the meat. That's not a good idea. So then he heat up. The, he, he put the falafel wrap in the oven, applied a little heat, came back, ate it, and now, well, now Sideshow has to host the show. <laughs> And now, and now he's shitting I his mean, guts just, out because he ate poisoned falafel that was sitting out. It was pecked by birds and insects for 12 <laughs> hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. we, we actually, we've seen possums roaming around eating people's delivery food. So <laughs> I think that's probably why. No, you know, that well. would actually be quite bad because possums are one of the carriers for like the Black Plague still. What? They still do carry that. Yeah, yeah. Um, possums and armadillos are still like carriers for like the plague, like the plague. Really? Like the like yeah. the, the plague? I'm pretty the sure I know one? armadillos. I'm pretty sure possums as well. Let me see. Okay. What the well, hell is the next topic? That is truly ludicrous. We're going on to Europe. We're going to ah, recap yes. Europe. All right. So these are the four teams that end. Wait, we've got our heretics in here twice instead of uh, Alliance. Well, they did a really good job. <laughs> yeah, they did a great yeah, job. Heretics did great. <laughs> it's NIP Alliance FPX, which uh, I like that it's Fun Plus Phoenix Phoenix. And um, and heretics as well. Listen, our producer was just smoking some falafel early on. He, our, our producer the took the meat portion falafel. of Brent's food before this when he was All right, well, third. Do we want to talk about heretics or heretics or yeah. nip? Yeah. I, I, let's start with NIP. Let's start with NIP. God damn, they're good. And I, they're one of my favorite teams to watch right now. I really like this new NIP roster. Both. They're very interesting on the individual level, but also the team level. And one yep. of the one of the coolest things about their team right now for me is actually Rhyme. It is so cool to see Rhyme become a star player and have such high impact on this roster, and also be put in put in position to be a star player in some wacky Vision Striker strats where he's running around on sofa, <laughs> getting flashed funny. in. It's very funny, but he he's playing really well and. I just never foresaw this future for him. If you were yeah. looking at previous NIP rosters, yet here he is playing so well. It's really cool to see. And also it is very funny on Ascent where they do the Vision Strikers flash and dash into tiles. But they have no duelists. But they have no duelists. So he's on Sova, just sprinting his little legs over to tiles. <laughs> flash is coming in and they have someone with an op watching cat. It is so silly, it's but so funny. you love to see it. So. I want to give a bit of a rundown, though, for anybody who hasn't been following the European scene, because okay. NIP is a name that's been always in Europe, but they've just been a rotating door of talent, and they've only now finally become a good team. I mean, they've been, like, hanging around at the, like, bottom tier one level yeah, like for so long, yeah. and yet now they are, hey, arguably the best team in Europe, genuinely. Um, and what's made the difference? existence 
If you're a fan of Counter-Strike, you will absolutely know this name. The Belgian IGL, who's worked with so many different French-speaking francophone teams in the past and made them elite before. He's changed his name in Valorant. He's now go he now goes by Akukos. Um, and he, although it's really edgy because the name means no mercy in uh, Zosa. I um, like it. It's, I love the, so the, someone did an interview with him recently and they said that the reason that he's changed it to that is because he feels like he doesn't want to carry over any of the baggage or any of the previous accolades from CS, that he wants to reinvent himself and prove himself again so that it's not, oh, Existence was a great player in CS. Surely he'll be great in Valorant. Let's pick him up. Let's, let, you know, let's heap praise upon him because he was good back then. He believes that his mentality is, it's a fresh start. I have to prove myself all over again, and I'm going to do it right from the beginnings with a new identity. I fucking love that. Yeah, I think that's, that's really cool. cool. So Akukos, the IGL for this team, has turned them into a masterpiece. I mean, it's unbelievable. They're running no duelist compositions, and they occasionally run um, one duelist with Rhyme on the Rays when it comes to maps like Bind. And they are playing some of the best... IGL style you will see across the world right now. They, their attacking halves are beautiful. Their defense is all very well thought out. NIP were just a mess before Akukos joined the team. And now they're playing some gorgeous, gorgeous Valorant. Um, and they are definitely a team to watch. They play a unique style that you won't see out of anybody else. And they have some absolute talent. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's my setup piece for NIP. We want to dig a bit deeper into uh, into the individuals. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as you were saying, the way they play is it is a masterpiece. Specifically, their defensive halves are just gorgeous. They're so good. Um, but on the individual level, they at the moment, you know, it, it, still we haven't seen a ton of this of this roster. So, you know, to be revisited as time goes on. But the individuals just seem rock solid. Like, when has JD not shown up? Yeah. When is Chihuahua not shown up? Where is JD from as well? I think he plays with 70 ping all the time. Is he like Russian or Serbian uh, or something? He, uh, JD, I'm pretty Russian. sure, is Russian. I think yes, he is Russian. Russian. Yep, yeah. Russian. But, yep. And he pounds. He does pound. But but those guys, they're just rock solid. They really are. Um, and and it's, yeah, they, they are just, they the team looks like they just have it all right now. Look at that KPR. On Sage, yeah, it's he's playing against elite level teams right here. I mean, they've been um, playing in the, the the Red Bull tournament where they ended up losing to G2, right? Yeah. And then they came back and they've beaten them twice recently within the Challengers series, once in Challengers 1, once in Challengers 2. So they, they've played against the best that Europe has to offer. And JD's putting up 0.99 KPR on Sage. Like, it's, it, it's they, ridiculous. And they he, use him as the duelist. And, and, and he... When you watch the games, you'd be hard-pressed, I think, to say who, like, the real... I don't think they have, like, a star-star player. Him, Rhyme, Chihuahua, yeah. they yeah. all go off. They do. They, they do. really do. Like, at times, Chihuahua looks like he's their best player to me. The, the team is yeah. really rock-solid all around, and then, yeah, Akukos just ties it all together. And their defensive halves really are just a fucking masterclass. Uh, they, yeah. they play... They play the map control game so well. Yeah, um, just on like defense. actually perfectly. It's, if you want to learn how to play map control, just watch that team because they use the information that they gather on defense 
perfectly and as they lose one area of the map they use their utility because they have a shit ton of it to retake different areas of the map so if they you know like here where they lose a main control they'll be actively pushing other areas of the map like they've just drawn down catwalk and they're pushing out b main and as they they're just so good at using information to be able to um gather a good idea of where the attackers are going to be hitting it's like at any given time if you have to attack into them you have to be aware that suddenly a utility combo will just rain down on you. They're all of a sudden, sure. slow orb, flash, shock darts, right into B main. You know, yeah, like yeah. You, there, there's just so much you have to be concerned about as an attacker when you're going up against them. But I mean, I mean you can uh, see also, it in that clip right there where Rhyme's just, he's just like holding on grass and just annihilates people coming out from mid, from cat. Yeah, that like, was kind of crazy. They take control of that map and he just like knows the rotation's gonna happen. It's so good. It's so good. To beat G2 now twice as well, just very impressive. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we do want to talk about G2 a bit, they also, I thought that they were playing pretty well. They, they, they definitely were not playing poorly. I do think the glaring issue at the moment is still finding the role and agent for Zeke. Mm. I wasn't thoroughly impressed with the sky. They got some value with it here and there, but... It's it's tough. I don't think they've cracked it with him yet. No, they haven't. Um, he looks good when he plays the breach for them on split, which is weird because it puts Ardis on Sage, which is a very strange combination. Ardis has been playing Duelist for them. He played Raze on split. He played breach on split. He looked really good. Now he's moved over to the Sage. And G2's split defense looks really dynamic. Like they're pushing out areas with the Sage, walling off the extremities, and then having Zeke on the breach play alongside Mixwell on Jet to do like flash and dash aggressive plays on defense into like down mid or into B main if the Sage is playing on the other side. So there's a lot of really interesting strategic stuff happening over in Europe. And they're diverging the exact opposite way to NA. As NA goes more and more towards, or not more and more actually, because this tournament was a bit of a relapse, but previously the, the Challengers won was a lot about the contact style and about minimizing utility usage to deny information to your opponents, well, the whole of Europe is going the exact opposite way, where it's just mega heavy utility, very few duelists, and trying to clear out as much of the map as possible and use the information that you gather. But it's an active gathering process rather than a passive gathering process, which I think is a huge difference in style from the two regions. I mean, the best two teams, I think the two teams that looked the best were the two most heavy in utility, which were NIP and FPX. Sure. Yeah. I, I think that they look like the two best teams from what we had seen in these games, at least, Bren. <laughs> How are you? Back, you know, I'm, do I'm, I'm doing better. Yeah. You're talking you about NIP? Yeah, a couple yeah. pounds lighter. Sure. Yep. <laughs> ah, bro, I got parted like the Red Sea, I'm telling you. <laughs> That's excellent. Excellent uh, news. You know, I was telling them in that, that the wildlife in Austin, they do carry... Actually, I learned it's not possums. It's only armadillos. They ah. do carry the bubonic plague. So hopefully they did not... <laughs> armadillos you know, do? Armadillos do, yeah. So hopefully oh, they're they rustling through your 12-hour-old, your twelve -hour -old, you know... Intrigue. I think the word is can. I'm not sure all armadillos do carry no, the plague. No, they're actually all born with the plague <laughs> at birth. Yeah, at birth, they all, wow. they all have it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the point I wanted to make was that since the addition of existence... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well... We, we, we can start talking about FPX, though, Brian. I if you would have... love to talk about FPX. Oh. FPX look amazing, by because... the way. And Dimasek, 
Dimasek, I just have to say, uh, we we doubted like removing Meadow, but Dimasek, the way he takes map control so much more aggressively and actually takes duels yeah. the way that Meadow didn't, I think is huge for this it team. It is huge. I think it's huge for this team. As opposed to the first game we saw them with Dimasek, where we didn't really particularly yeah. see a big difference. In this one, you could clearly see he was playing in the way outlined by the coaches and staff as to why they wanted to make the move in the first place, which is they wanted a more aggressive... As you were saying, I mean, he takes space, he takes the duels, and also FPX on attack, on Haven specifically, again, just a masterclass in drawing out rotations from the defenders, taking map control, pressuring different areas of the map, and it just consistently allowed Dimasek to work his way up through B. You would sneak in, he would find a pick. It was just excellent play. Yeah. I, that Haven map was so good for yeah. FPX, for it, attacking half. They probably played the best attacking half in Haven I've seen from any team, like, ever. It like, was, that was so good. incredibly good, because it wasn't just them hidden shots or them having one good strat, but they ran like six different takes uh, and their default as it starts out puts pressure in so many different areas of the map. Like they started, and what I'm loving about FPX and NIP is that they have really started to work into the conditioning of their opponents. Like they have a very different plan for the beginning of the half compared to the end of the half. And that I think all comes from uh, Kukos and uh, Angel where... For in this game particularly, where FPX were playing against Fnatic, they used their drone to take Garage for the first four, five rounds until Fnatic were forced to pay much more attention to Garage. And then they just started working A. And working A, working C, and lurking Dimasek into B. Just conditioning them to pay attention to one area of the map and then ignoring it completely and working all the rest of the map, knowing that Fnatic were forced to respect their success from the earlier aspect of the half. It's so smart. It looks gorgeous and it works perfectly. FPX look fantastic when it comes to their attacking halves in the moment. And on split as well, I mean, we were talking about this when we were watching the game before, that they were opting to run the sky. Shadow was playing sky on split. And typically, I favor Breach on that map because it is just a map designed for Breach to pound. All of his utility is so effective. But Shadow on the Sky was getting insane value. That might have been... Yeah. that. No, not might have been. That was the best Sky gameplay I've seen in Valorant so far. Yeah. There has not been a Sky better at setting up their teammates than Shadow in that game. Uh, it, it was really, really excellently played. Um, I mean, FPX... Uh, what a what a rebound, honestly. Yes. Uh, coming, I, I mean, they they did lose bind, but bind against Fnatic is like yeah. It's Fnatic's so the best hard. team in Europe, arguably best team in the world on bind right now. Their composition, no one's figured out a way to beat it, and no one's even trying to copy it right now. Um, I mean, I say no one's figured out a way to beat it. They have lost it twice off stream to Polish teams, but I think both of those teams were running a Phoenix, which I think the increase in pace. And the ability to just kind of flash through Viper walls does make a bit of a difference and is part of the reason why um, none of the European teams have been able to beat them right now is that they just play too slowly. They, they're not willing to get up in Fnatic's face as much. Um, but anyway, the, yeah, Fnatic on bind, still God, this... absolutely elite. And I don't even feel that bad for Fnatic for losing this series because my takeaway coming out of this was not, ah, oh, Fnatic are so lackluster. It was, holy shit, FPX look good. That... Uh... Seeing some of those highlights again, it's refreshing my memory even further. God, that split map was so good from FPX. They comprehensively outplayed Fnatic 
in every respect of the game. Their read on them was spot on, and through that read, they were making perfect executions. The players knew the exact timings and windows to push up, like you saw Angel push into spawn there in that last uh, clip over the sage wall that they had been consistently placing. I mean, it was just perfect. It was so, it was so good. Uh, but again, what a goddamn rebound coming back from you know where they were in first strike, losing to Fnatic, obviously, who made the finals. They look incredible. And this is, in my mind, setting up for the, 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 the match of like two teams that probably have, at least from what I've seen right now, I think the best utility usage in the game. If NIP and FPX play against each other, that is just going to be a wild, wild game. I feel like Europe's finally going to be the one to unlock Sky as well. I thought it was going to be an A when like TSM started playing Sky on like split or not split on bind. And I liked the concept a lot when they tried it, but I feel like it's just continued and is like gone to the point where actually now Sky can be really good on maps like split and what we saw here with Shadow. Like I feel like Europe will unlock this character. They're going to assemble the Millennium Puzzle and it's going to be like Yugi when he gets that <laughs> and, he, and he has it and he's going to be able to uh, figure out the heart of the cards and that's going to be sky for europe because i actually think that like there's so much utility possible through clearing these corners and like the information just so much information that shadow yeah. got playing on this map like a ridiculous amount of information and i feel like we're just on the cusp of seeing sky being meta yeah i i think especially on split where so much of the defense in particular is based on information of where the attackers are um and you want to try and gather that info without peeking for it sky is damn good uh, she does seem worse than breach when it comes to the attacking half but fpx still had some great ideas of how they wanted to make that work and they they executed it wonderfully i think the other thing to point out as well is and something actually talking about a vast watching steel's streams where he molds at ranked players yeah something that steel brings up a lot as well is that both of these teams for uh, fpx and nip great at using the clock right like they don't they don't just rush into areas. They condition their opponents to expect long, drawn-out rounds where they're pushing and prodding and gathering info, and then they make their decision, and they have a utility advantage and a player advantage because they've managed to manipulate rotators around. And then occasionally, NIP on their attack will throw in a burst hit as well, which really changes up the pace. But these two teams' manipulation of the clock is also something that's really evident when you watch them. It's not always slow like T1 used to be, and it's not only fast-paced aggression, but the fact that they mix it up and have very structured, methodical, slow rounds, I think is going to last them very well, and it's going to make them mega consistent. I'm extremely impressed. We talked about lines? No. 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 You want to talk about lines? Yeah. Go on, then. So, alliance. <laughs> are the most unexpected of the four teams to be in Masters. Sure, for sure, true. right? Like, absolutely. Before they played in this Challengers tournament, there weren't even any VODs available of them. So if you haven't right. watched Alliance personally at home, I do not blame you whatsoever. Because there's only, I think, two matches that have ever had VODs. Am I right in saying that? I'm yeah, I think sure. it's just their game against Diffuse and their game against Wave. There's My... no VODs of anything else that exists. Yeah, And this is the team that was... Uh, Banks in particular, though Mitch does work for the team, but Mitch was like casting one of their games, so he can't be working for them live as a coach. So he must have a very limited job on the team, I think. Anyway, this is Banks' brainchild, I think, in terms of him running the trials and finding players that he yeah. thought were um, were high value. 
And he's managed to create a team genuinely that he deserves a huge amount of uh, praise for here because the the team itself, he's managed to take talent, some of which is unknown, like Kadavra, who looks like a star player for this team, who really is, is blossoming. He's managed to take talent that was previously poorly utilized, like Locker, who was playing a lot of jet orping and was pretty inconsistent yeah. and wasn't really able to find his style. Put him on the breach. Damn, boy's looking good. Like, actually, <laughs> they've got they've got a lot of okay. good setups. I thought you were going to say he was looking thick. Yeah. That's what I thought Damn, you were saying. Damn, boy looking thick. But, but they've, yeah, and they've got, <laughs> they've got, um, this is a team with a lot of structure. They've put a lot of time and effort into, um, into really making sure that they have a bunch of set plays that they can run when they're on attack, when they're on defense. They don't look like a new team. They don't look like a team that's kind of winging it either. They look like a team that's really put in the time to practice and get good. Um, and I think that that is really working for them uh, to a significant degree. They've got mm. experienced players on the team, a mix of experience and more unknown players, a lot of a lot of skill, but they don't rely on their skill. They have a huge amount of structure as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, even I though they're the weakest of the four here, I think that have made masters, they deserve a lot of credit for getting to this point. Well, let me ask you this: Do you think that uh, against Wave, the existing tape of Wave has now worked against them, where Alliance were able to have a read on them? Because Wave, I think, definitely caught Fnatic off guard. When Definitely, they played with yeah. their with their mega fast style, but do you think that in this game, that the 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 knowledge of how they play being out there works against them? Maybe a bit because you certainly can't be caught off guard in the same way. Like you know to expect that level of aggression, but I think it might also be a stylistic thing that Fnatic um, don't work as well when you push them mega aggressively, uh, whereas Alliance, I think, uh, not as they're not as tactical. They have a lot of good plans and tactics that they can run, but they're not as reliant on the tactics, I think, as Fnatic is. Um, so I don't think they get upset in that kind of way by an aggressive team. But I, I'm not 100% sure. The problem with talking about both Wave and Alliance is that not much VOD data does exist of both of these teams. Yeah. Um, Wave, because they're a very new team a young team that hasn't done much yet up until getting to this point an alliance because even though they've been around for a little bit and they have experienced players there's only genuinely two matches of them ever playing in europe because they just have avoided being broadcast so i think it's hard to draw concrete conclusions on these teams other than to say alliance look pretty promising keep an eye on them it's kind of surprising i just want to point out how much better the viper usage is by the way for both those oh, teams europe. just on those like those like 20 seconds of clips that we saw and then we hearken back to the immortals viper on icebox and then i'm i'm then that truly brings on a depression because like viper utility is so good on icebox and like watching them split the map and just like as soon as you split the map know what information they don't have and like utilize it and just seeing how no one in a besides maybe x edit times i think has yeah. any like really clear indication of how much information you get from viper it it does hurt it hurts a little bit <laughs> I think yeah. it's just time as well, or maybe just yeah, North America in general just trends away to uh, away from it. But yeah, my my expectations for Alliance were minimal, same, uh, uh, completely minimal. Because I mean, I think it's reasonable to not really expect much from a team that's just brought together, um, 
Yeah. I, they, I didn't, they also I didn't know. they don't have a star roster. Like I, they genuinely exactly, don't. Yeah. Like who's the who's the biggest name on this roster? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Like uh, Firoth maybe. Yeah. Or, or, or Lucker it, I mean, or something? It would have had, I mean, if you're just going by biggest name going into it, yeah, it would have had to have been one of them. But but that's... But I, I didn't realize they went through a trialing process. I think they, they went through a pretty extensive... Yeah, so I think um, this again has shown, the, the success of Alliance has shown that actually having some structure in how you put together a roster is massively beneficial. Like, mm -hmm. we already knew that because we've been saying it constantly about, yeah. like how immortals build their rosters and stuff, but just putting some conscious thought into it and trying to build a roster instead of handing the keys over to a player and saying, who do you want to play with? Sign your friends. Like, it's, it makes so much yeah. more sense. And also, I want to say huge credit to the players on Alliance as well for reinventing themselves in terms of the style that Luck is playing, for example, and putting in the hard work because they they really do look practiced. You can mm -hmm. tell that this is a team that has put in the server time um, rather than just is winging it. There's there's no way that they're just relying on their skill. They know that they need the strategy and structure. And they have playing it. in the EU. Hmm? If you're playing in the EU, especially. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, what, you, you think you can just do a G2 and try and like play mega reactive and play off your individual uh, read on the game, it's, it's not going to work if yeah. you have these kind of players. So I think they've found the perfect style as well. Very impressed with this team, actually. Overperformed my expectations massively. Too bad that, uh, that Liquid game. That would have been a good one to have streamed. Mm, definitely. That's one team who... Uh, well, we still have to talk about Heretics. Oh, we haven't... Heretics okay. beat, I assumed uh, that you worked through it. <sighs> no, we didn't. No, Logically, no, no we, we haven't. But I mean, is there really much to say I mean, about this game? Not a lot. I mean, really, the only things to touch on are uh, Rubino being in the roster. Um, there, there was that. It was. It wasn't against OG, but he was. He replaced Lowell in the other game because Lowell. What was it? He was sick or something. Lowell had a broken finger. Or, oh, right, a broken finger. Yeah. yeah. So he couldn't play. Um, and Rubino's been stepping in, and he's been playing some maps. Um, he plays all the maps where they run a Sova. Yeah, instead of Nisau. And Nisau plays the Rainer maps now. Yeah, I mean, look, this win was there. I mean, watching this game, you were just... One team was simply a, a tier higher than the other team. I, I, I don't really know if there's another way to put it. Um, some nice ideas from OG... But on ascent, there weren't there weren't many nice ideas from no. OG when it came to buying. I mean, but their ascent is their best map, and they look actually pretty promising there. The problem is Heretics are just actually still an elite tier team. Uh, there, yeah, there was just a skill diff when you were just watching uh, the, past the past OG having ideas for executes that they wanted to enact. When it came down to like, if you looked at Bind, they got B for free every single round, and Heretics would just retake them with ease every single round yeah. there there was just a difference in skill the thing that um, was missing when i watched this series was og's lack of understanding of the areas that are worth fighting over um even in like post plant scenarios mm -hmm. like so many times they would be playing playing post plants they'd have three people playing from long mm -hmm. on uh, on bind b right. for example yeah, yeah. like just completely giving up hookah control, like letting them just push in almost every single extremity and giving them complete yes, control. Yes, they did. They uh, did. And that, that's, that's the thing that separates these teams like Heretics and OG if we're, if we're on this topic, I suppose. Um, and of course, I mean, I think I, I want to see OG be successful, but currently there is a discernible difference at least from that kind of level of play that OG are playing at and the top level that Heretics are playing at. 
where yes. they have that understanding of the importance of of different areas to fight over. Um, yeah, I, I think OG actually did. Um, they they have actually secured some pretty decent wins in this yeah. run, um, and I think it's mostly to do with their strategy. Like their player skill isn't that high, and their on the fly reactive gameplay is pretty poor. But their strategy is really good. Like they come in, especially when they play Ascend, but even when they were playing Bind here, like their strategy of how to take the site is pretty good. Like they have a great understanding of that. They just then haven't thought about it afterwards mm -hmm. and they don't have the skill or maybe the skill is the wrong term, but like the... Um, the reps, the game sense. Yeah, the reps and just the individual yeah. player game sense to be able to make the correct mid-round call. All of that stuff is missing from their play. They really need to work on the skill, the fundamentals and the mid-rounding. But... <laughs> But, so what they, but what but what they <laughs> do have is really they good strategy. Yeah. And that is carrying them through these games. And Element actually does have the skill. Like yes. Element is yeah. a, a tier one player. But um yeah, this this team has gone about it a weird way. Like most teams work on the reactive portion of their game before they work on the overarching strategy. This team's done it the opposite way around, but that doesn't it doesn't mean there's any less success for them on the horizon. I think they've yeah, still they, be a good team in they, the future. Yeah, they definitely can still be a pretty decent team. Or they can keep the same structure, make a couple of roster changes, add more skill, and maybe be better as well. Yeah. So could be another route for them. One team that's missing. Actually, there's two. There's multiple. There's multiple. There's a lot. There's more than two. But the one I'm thinking of is Liquid. <laughs> because uh, they've been rumored to be making some trialing processes. They didn't make challenges too. Uh, they're trialing the Yampi. Yeah. Yeah, it's it seems like again these uh, these rumors surfacing, and this time there was actually some like, I mean, something concrete behind it. Essentially, that this this experimentation that's going on seems like either is it Eccles? I don't know who the other person is. They were they were experimenting with trialing and swapping out. Yeah, they, Eccles. I think previously they they dropped Solcast and Eccles to the bench for a couple of try for a couple of scrims mm -hmm. to try out um, Yugi on the op. And yeah. this time, another report came out from Nell, I believe, who said they are practicing with Yampi instead of Eccles. Now, practicing doesn't mean necessarily trialing for the long term, because as we've talked to Sliggy before in the past about this, he likes to just run random experiments with the team and try and figure out what's also, going on. Also, you know, it's like this a bit of an incentive, you this know? One's but different. this one feels different. This one, this one is definitely different, <laughs> because this... Like no 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 disrespect to Yugi, but like Yugi versus Yampi, there's a there's a difference. There's a big difference. This is the opportunity to get a player who has massive potential, has shown that they have a lot of skill, won't be able to realize that skill or the success that comes with it in CS due to they can't play at mm -hmm. Valve sanctioned events because there was cheating on an account that they owned on steam when they were like practically out of the womb i mean it was a long time ago uh was my impression um and that kind of makes that's a recipe for a star player in valorant honestly yeah that is just a that is a storyline that would push a young upcoming great player to valorant where he can realize his potential and win the the riot major <laughs> equivalent yeah, yeah. right um this is different, and this, I think, would be a move that could take Liquid over the top. Um, yeah. I, I think it's, that it's they quite have... exciting, you know. Yeah, I, I think with Liquid as well. I mean, it's 
No bigger fan than me, apparently. It's no. Every time we're talking about liquid, but the this is a team that's almost been they've they've been keeping this, essentially the same roster since I mean since Artis left, right? Yeah, they haven't made any changes. This has been a yep. long time that this roster has stayed together, and I've always wanted them to you know stick it out. But at the end of the day, at what point do you need to make changes? I I feel like they were so so close to success um, in first strike. In, in when they in that first yeah. round lost the heretics. I mean, this says that they joined in August, but that was when they joined Team Liquid. Yeah, they they formed this, this was, roster back in May, I think it was. It was a long time ago. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Fish was... one, two, three. It'd been around forever. Oh, yeah. it was June. Uh, yeah. What so Ardis left in June. So Scream must have joined pretty much in June. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Unknown date. But yeah, Whoa. it was sometime in June. So that is a long time. That's like what, eight months at this point. Yep, yeah. it's been it's been a long time. Do you feel like the EU format has defeated this team a little bit though? I feel like if the uh, format was not better, really, we would no. have seen more of this Liquid team. I, potentially, I, I don't think so because of I think that especially in Europe, these players are probably putting a lot more stock in their own personal experience and scrims mm. more so than they are the official results as well. Uh, every every time I see an interview piece written by, or not written, but where a player in Europe has spoken out about the formats, like, yeah, it's really unfortunate that the formats are kind of thick, but, I mean, they generally, at least they say, they don't take it, uh, they take it in, sh in their stride when they're moving forward and looking at the future goals. They don't look at these official results and like, ah, oh, we've got to make some fucking changes. But it has been a long time since this team has made changes. And... Yeah. If they're moving in a direction and they think that this is where the benefit's going to be coming from, then fair enough. For me, I'm, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm uncertain of how this would exactly affect it, mainly because I haven't really seen Yampi play Valorant. So yeah. I don't really know how this would fit. Do, do any of us believe that Liquid should have made changes after first strike? Because I think we're all in agreement they I should not have done it. No, so. but I think this no. is the right time. This yeah, is, I think this, it's changed now. This, I, I don't think the formats. Yes, the formats in EU have been bad. We all know that. But there have still been enough tournaments and enough moments for Liquid where we have seen the same thing happen time and time again where they've either gone out too early or when they do start to make it deep, they're on the cusp, and then they fall again. Yes. We've seen this happen so many times now. This is the right time to make a move, and I think this is the right move to make. Um, I think that, yeah, I, this is just the right move to make. This is the right I, move. I, see, I'm, I'm along similar time, like wavelengths there, where I think we've seen enough of Team Liquid now to know that there is some kind of issue with them. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're, they're like never going to win, because they made a grand finals and they were in a five-map series in the Red Bull home ground literally a month ago. But even... In those circumstances, that's the best that they've done in, what, literally since the team's yeah. formation, since yeah. Artis left. And every other time when they've come up against a Tier 1 team, it's felt like the players have crumbled. And I think there is a clear problem within that team, and specifically within the, the British players. I don't know which ones, but Link seems to underperform in these big games. Solcast has had a couple of performances where he's underperformed in the big games. And uh, especially on different roles, his Asian pool seems to be a little limited. And I don't know whether it's fair to put it on them or whether it's fair to put it on the calling as well. Because the IGLing seems to go to pot. Their attacking halves are really poor, which yes. is where an IGL tends to have the most impact is in those attacking rounds where you're dictating where the pieces should be moving. So 
I can understand the, this move of taking Eccles down. What I don't understand is who the hell is going to be calling for them in the future. If it's any of the players that are currently on the roster, like if Link steps, steps up, or if Cryptics or Soulcast steps up and starts shot calling for them, why haven't they already tried that? Why isn't that the, tr well, the thing that they have been trying recently let me, to, to relieve Eccles? Let me, let me throw a point out there. Because I don't think it's going to be Yampi or Scream. Let me throw a point out there. Sliggy, when we were talking to him on the show, his dreams may be realized because there, uh, there hasn't been anything official, but uh, Riot employee, from what I saw, they had said on Twitter that they're excited to, um, they're going to be adding coaching slots and they're excited to have coaching be a more, I can't remember the exact framing. Maybe you could, it's probably on Reddit, Kirk, but they're excited to basically have coaching be a bigger part of the game. Is what they had said. Yeah, yeah. So, but maybe that there can is mean a, a lot of things other than you're allowed to IGL in the match. Like that's yes, a but huge if they are step. spectating and can talk, I don't know. It's possible. But uh, yeah, but that you can't. I'm, bank say, I'm saying. Success, I know. I'm saying. But that's a potential future. That yeah. there's no way we're playing like fantasy football here, where Slicky's gonna call the shot for every player in the server. That's been like, tried before, though. It's been done that's in been CS done for in a CS. small time, though. It was only for like a year or something, wasn't it? Well, maybe it was uh, for longer than that. I, I think it was. I think it was for longer than that. I can't remember exactly because a while ago when that really came, it in. was a while but, back. Um, okay. Now, obviously, that's open ended. So I'm just offering that as that is a potential future. Sure. If coaches can talk, they're obviously getting slots. If coaches can talk during games, that is a potential future. <laughs> Sliggy said he would want to do it, so maybe. I'm just. I'm just saying it's a maybe. Um, but if not, yeah, I, I don't know who would be calling. I mean. Presumably, it would have to be one of the other three UK guys, right? They're all really quiet. I mean, I don't know how they are when they're inside team comms because Liquid don't tend to broadcast their matches the same way as some of the other European teams did like months ago. But from hearing snippets of them, they seem to be pretty reserved. And I don't know who would be the guy to step up and lead this team. There doesn't seem to be a natural I mean, leader. I mean, it could be Yampi coming in. But he hasn't done it before in CS, has he? I'm and, sure. No, unlikely. He's like, like an, another just like pretty young star okay. fragger kind of guy. And he's not. It's, so it's not a similar situation to when existence comes into NIP and just no, revitalizes the no, team. No, not at all. Ex exact it's, opposite. They're yeah. getting a they're getting a strong firepower huh. star player and someone who can op right as well. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. could. So I think that 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 portion of it all makes sense. But when you drop Eccles you drop your IGL. And I'm not saying that that's a terrible thing because I think the IGLing, you could definitely say, has been a weak point for Liquid. But someone's got to do didn't it. did the article say that it wasn't necessarily Eccles? They said that it was Eccles at the moment that he was, that he was playing I for. I thought they listed another player. Um, in the past, they listed the player when it was talking about Yugi, but yeah. I don't think yeah, this article did. Then. But Okay. Um, well, I mean, I'm not going to speculate. But sure yeah, I, who knows? I don't know. Um, but no, it's interesting nevertheless. I think we're all in... Rough agreement that some change needs to be made for Liquid, given that they failed to make challenges too. Then again, we're not really approaching a lot of North American teams with the same scrutiny. Like TSM, what? for example. But oh, TSM, what? I do think a change is inevitable for TSM. It's just that TSM are not going to do it. Right. Like that's I mean, the, that's and the same, same thing. thing for FaZe. FaZe, yeah. FaZe, yeah. I would love yeah. to blow the team up. <laughs> FaZe, come I mean, on. We're not, we're not going to talk about FaZe. I'm already getting riled up. I'm already getting riled up. He has the backup. We're not going to talk about FaZe. NA have had a lot of flux for a lot of the rosters. I mean, C9's been in constant flux for reasons some unbeknownst. Yeah. NRG. 
NRG, yeah, no, no, yeah, NRG, NRG is yeah, made I think we only talk like, about it when we know that there's a prospect of some change actually happening. But yeah. those teams, I mean, FaZe are just going to get, they're going to get stuck in the tar pit and lost to time. <laughs> you know, it's like you're going to dig them out. And, <laughs> move on. Yeah, Stop anyway. It. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> are we always going back to FaZe? Let's talk, <laughs> let's talk, about, let's talk about Brazil. <laughs> A quick little recap of the region. I know you guys have been watching it. I haven't been yeah. watching it. I've only been watching NA, really. Dude, Brazil um, is fucking unbelievable I mean, yeah, right Brazil's now. I'm waiting for the... Um, yeah, I was just going to say, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the, the big tournament because still, with the experimentation of the formats, you've got these two individual groups yes. every single time. But we've yeah. got some teams now that have made Masters. I ain't surprised by these names whatsoever. These are the, the teams these are the that top I four mean, teams. Yeah, you got the, you the actually just teams. got the top four teams in. And yeah, to your point about the groups... Uh, Game Landers and Furia just wrecked the top, yep. the, the yeah, top group. I mean, they just rolled their way they through. They fucking rolled them. Um, because that top group was not particularly competitive. Group B, however, very competitive. Uh, B4, Vorax, uh, Slick. I mean, these are all, yeah. all the teams in Group B are good. Yes. Um, yeah. Slick being the wackiest of the bunch. Um, but that, to some extent, I, I think kind of working against them, against Vorax or Vikings. They don't really have the same sound team play or no. strategy as a Vorax who are so tenured, they've been playing for so long. Or Vikings, just a new yeah. team that is assembled and, you know, are a real powerhouse team. But they're still um, good. Slick is still yeah, good. Yeah, Slick are still good yeah. and a good test for both Vorax and Vikings yeah. to, to prove that they are, I guess, worthy of like being in that top four category because yeah. you would put Slick just outside of that in, in my mind right now. Um, but yeah, you pretty much, you've ended up with the top four teams through, so. Yeah. Yeah, to go through them a little bit in a, in a bit more detail for people who are looking to catch up on the Brazilian scene, we'll start with Gamelanders. Gamelanders are the number one team in Brazil. They won first strike. They won every tournament that they've been at. Almost every tournament they've been in, they've won. Every time they made a finals, they've won. Up until this week, actually, when they actually lost the finals to Squad 5, who are a team that I'm not particularly familiar with, but are kind of creeping into the top five. And I can't tell you much about this game. I haven't watched the VOD yet. But it is interesting, at least, that Gamelanders lost their first ever finals just on the cusp of Masters. So this could be a bit of a a, a shift in the dynamics of how Brazil What patch were operating. they playing in th that match? I don't do we know. Patch 2.02. It oh yeah, it says okay. The top right. No, it wasn't new patch. It was still old patch. No, it's still yeah. old patch. Yeah. Mm. Um, but Gamelanders are powered by this ridiculous duelist duo of MW Zero and John. They've just been fantastic. You might have ca called them a first strike. If you haven't, you should go and watch them. And if you didn't get to catch the game where Gamelanders played against Furia, unfortunately, it was only a Bo One where Gamelanders won. They had previously played a Bo Three for qualification into Challengers One, and Furia won that one two one. Uh, but it wasn't on stream. But either way, the clash of these two teams is phenomenal. The pace that they play at, the utility that they use on the fly, the rifling skill from this, these teams is unbelievably good. They, they look like the new generation of Valorant. It's, it's bonkers to watch them play. When I was watching it on stream, people were saying, it looks like they're playing on fast forward. <laughs> Yeah. They, they just make decisions really, really quickly. And it's not like they're skipping steps. They're not failing to use utility and getting lazy and sloppy with it. It's still all the good utility is getting used. It's just happening at a much faster pace. Um, and that, I think, is... a very fun region to yeah, watch. Yeah, it's an incredibly fun region to watch. Yeah. 
They have they at this point from watching, especially watching the top teams, they they have it all. They're they're not lacking in any aspect of the game, and they play at a ridiculous pace, which again just sets up for uh, <laughs> you know interesting clashes if we look to the future. Where you know if you want to fantasize about a game landers versus an FPX game and sure. how that would play out, yeah, um, just these mega clash, uh, just an insane clash of styles where both teams have an excellent understanding of utility, but use it in a very, very different way. But to, to get the same results where the utility combos being used by Furia as well, and game landers are very high level um, and very fast. It's just all in fluid motion. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure. We, we kind of talked about this game, particularly this Icebox one, a little bit um, last week. So mm. don't really need to dive into it again. But if you needed your first taste of Brazilian Valorant, this would be an excellent game to go and watch. Fury is a super team that's been made to try and compete with Game Landers, and they've been, they look like the second best team in Brazil currently. Uh, they are ridiculously talented across the board. I think MW still looks like the best player in Brazil, but the overall talent on Fury is probably the best of any team. Um, they really are all stars. It's it's pretty fantastic to watch them play. They've also got an Argentinian player, so it's not all just from Brazil. Their Argentinian player might even be the best player on the team, uh, Nozwa, the Sova, who's just insanely good. I feel like all these matches, because I got those, I got to watch a couple of them, especially in Group B. They're all so ridiculous. Like when you watch them, just how the the pace, and when you see these players just like pounding it out, like it's just. It's so wildly different than all the other regions, which we've already talked about before. But I really, really like Brazil right now. The more, the more I've seen of them now, and sort of as the top four solidified, I think this region is going to be sick. Yeah, like I'm just looking forward to forward. the Masters event, honestly, for yeah. this region. That's that's it because that's the one downside. I mean, we've kind of been spoiled a little bit in NA, where we get a tournament every two weeks, um, double limb tournament. I mean, you can't go wrong with that, but yeah, other regions, not the case. You, you kind of were just getting teased constantly yeah, yeah, yeah. until the Masters event, which, which I think is probably the intention of Riot as well, the way they set this up. They want the hype and the focus and the eyes to be on the Masters event. So, but yeah, just to, just to build that anticipation on our end, Brazil, yeah. very good region. Do you want to go over yeah. the other teams as well, Josh? Uh, yeah, I want to give a quick shout out as well. to Vorex have been a team that have been around for a long time. They've been kind of playing second fiddle to uh, Gamelanders. They were previously known as Fusion Fraggers. They're also a very good team, but they've kind of... They've slipped to the fourth position in my head because Fury and Vikings are new all-star teams that have come up. And to give a shout-out to Vikings as well, they're a team that they have uh, Sacy on a Sova, who's just ridiculous. probably the best Sova from Brazil because Nozwa is from Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. I, But he is incredibly talented. The other players on Vikings are really skilled as well. And they have, uh, again, a super fast, aggressive style where they like to be mega active in post plants. They like to push you on defense. They, it's just, that's the style of the region. They like to play with a lot of speed and a lot of aggression. And what, the, what a lot of the Brazilian teams will do, which is a really interesting stylistic thing, is when they're on the attacking side, instead of running a default to try and manipulate defender positions, they'll try and heavy hit one area of the site uh, one area of the map to draw the defenders over there and then if they get slowed down by utility they will just p 
pivot to a different area of the map. So they'll play a lot of 4-1 defaults where the, there's one guy just lurking into the other bomb site, four people putting heavy pressure on like B on bind, for example, and then they'll just run through the teleporter or run back through market and try and hit the A site really heavily. And they're trying to outpace their opponents rather than slowly work the map, um, which is a, a very different stylistic take on how to manipulate defenders. Intriguing. You guys want to talk about uh, another region? Heck yeah. Okay, I'm going to fly. <laughs> Close your eyes, everybody. Pitch yourself flying across the globe because <laughs> we're going to Korea. Wow. And it's fucking batshit. Let's take a look at the format. I think we may have already talked about the format. Um, and in particular, we're going to be looking at Vision Strikers because they've lost their, their win streak that we were going on and on and on about. Kurt, can you show us the VLR page for the Korean Challengers 2? Which I think was the exact same as Challengers 1. I think this is the worst format. Look at this. If you scroll down, they, they're running <laughs> like a group section. So a bunch of these teams <laughs> have actually made Masters off the back of it. But the way they made Masters was off round differential in a group stage round yeah. robin type format. I mean, look at ZF it's... Gaming. They won zero games. They lost zero games. They drew all their games and they failed to go through on round. Oh, well, no, they didn't go, fail to go through on round differential. It was um, TNL failed mm -hmm. to go through on round so differential. I like Ape Prince. five that? five rounds from minus two to minus seven. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if they got six rounds more in some of the games, they. Yeah. I mean, if they, they got five rounds, if they got five rounds more, how been, would they even have, have split been a draw. it? I don't know. I don't a know. Coin flip, maybe. Just awful. What, what yeah. is happening in Korea? I don't know. <laughs> this, but What's going on? It's so What's crazy. happening over there? It is Do you remember so what they did at First Strike? Where they run the same map multiple times the in the BO series? The mystery map. Yeah. Yeah, the mystery map. The, third, just... the decider map was a mystery map from maps that could already be picked. It was RNG. It was like, like it could be any map in the series. It's they, like, oh, it could be anything. They seem to, in Korea, perhaps because they don't have a history of being like big into CS... They seem to not have like a good understanding of what formats work for this well, game. And I, I don't say, know why that's the case, because Crossfire and Sudden Attack and stuff must use similar formats. Group, group stage formats, very popular in Korean esports, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a very popular way of deciding things. But GSL depends. style normally, isn't it? Like, not, the GSL yeah. style group stage is like a Korean classic. They invented that. What I will say is that if... For example, the TOs or if the Riot Korea side of things, I, I think one of the big disconnects we've had is the importance being placed on these closed qualifiers like challenges one, two, and three. And where we've set the standard in terms of like our viewing experience, because we're watching every single game in challenges one, two, and three, like double limb format is great for us because we're watching a tournament play out. But for these other regions, I think the way Riot have always wanted to set the expectations is that they want the maximum amount of eyes and the maximum amount of hype to be in what would have been Challengers Finals is now the Masters event. Yeah. And but so as a result, they've been experimenting with the formats, trying to find something that is probably going to work for the future in every single region. And I, they just don't seem to be that concerned. But that sounds reasonable until you frame it like this. There's going to be one Grand Finals in three months in Korea. One Finals in three months. Yeah. 
in 2021. Yeah, it, like that's shit. It is like quite the shit. the NA version is so much better where you actually have a tournament for 50k. Like I hate the fact that Europe only plays to qualify as well. One grand finals there in three months. Uh, at least they have the Red Bull home ground that was actually a good tournament alongside it too. Yeah. But these other regions, you can't just have such little climax like you can't blue ball your audience for three months of the year and then give them what is that one how korean esports has done it for a while with their group stages lasting a while and then they have the final at the very end has that Ooh. always been the thing there in, in what in, in everything hasn't they always had really long group stages and then a final yeah, way maybe. of the future yeah yeah maybe. yeah well, I feel like they've group done it for, stages for last a long time until the one culmination of the final event it, it's a different I, approach I, I, of how they're taking it like for yeah. us who consume esports content every single waking moment of our lives, the, the once in a three months is like, ah, well, it's kind of shit. You know, you, you, you've only got that one thing to look forward to. But I think to a casual esports viewer, it might be more approachable to them knowing that every once every three months, they don't have much to catch up on. They can yeah. just jump straight into a tournament. Yeah. I think that seems quite accessible, honestly, yeah. to, a, to the average Very viewer, true. which is why they're experimenting with all these formats. I don't agree with it. I don't like it, but I can see the justification for it if I'm to play a devil's, sure. devil's advocate to yeah. it. Yeah, I, I don't mind that either. But it's just, it's just maybe maybe we don't need to like have the most experimental... Like I'm fine with the group stages, but what's next? Are we going to have each map, each team's going to rotate into the same map in the, versus the same opponent next like they'll be on bind yeah. and so we'll have vision strikers playing then we're going to rotate in then we're going to put in zf gaming and then we're going to put in world game star and then we're just going to like rotate damn one then we're going to just keep going gauntlet. like each team in the same fucking one like i don't i don't see like what they're hoping to achieve with this group stage exactly mm. though like it's like a group yeah. stage but worse it is the, it is so do you want to get onto the, the actual teams i mean mainly yeah. vision strikers so when we say they lose their win streak they just drew matches right <laughs> yeah because it was yeah. bo2 yeah because it was the yeah. bo2s how shit is drawing that matches. how shit is that so they've lost their win streak but they um, still have an undefeated streak they do they are so undefeated. i think that, that's that, nicer to that's what it, you right? have to say now they're undefeated still yeah they're still undefeated yeah yeah but the the games that they ended up drawing it's actually the games have been really interesting in korea not necessarily because they've been super high level but because i felt like korea for quite a while was just trying to copy Vision Strikers. All of the teams that were doing well were just clones of Vision Strikers. The, in fact, the team that came second in First Strike was literally their sister team that had just learned from them and then got clapped in the finals because Vision Strikers knew exactly how they were going to play. But now these teams have actually developed their own styles. And one big aspect of it is that there's no Sentinels being played. And when I say no, that's obviously hyperbole. But there are there are very few sentinels being played on these maps and that includes haven i mean you're witnessing it right here it's incredibly unusual but a lot of these korean teams have started trending towards jet rays sova breach and a smoker which is usually omen but is sometimes brimstone um in on on these comps and it applies to bind that applies to ascent and some teams run out on haven too and it's, it's a really interesting take on the meta. It's not something that's happening anywhere else in the world. It's not something that Vision Strikers are doing either. It's just some t something that these like upcoming Korean teams have invented and pioneered, and it's getting them results. Yeah. It's, it's intriguing to see the way that the regions develop. I, I'm always left wondering as well, though, is... I mean, because if you look at the regions, just in terms of the viewership, the funding, I mean, Riot are clearly taking the initiative with this by giving um what, what is the correct term for it like almost like scholarship money for all oh, yeah, yeah. korea yeah. because they money. know 
They know that the region is struggling. They want the esports to succeed and they want it to be thriving in Korea. But the players, the player base just hasn't latched onto it. The viewership isn't that fantastic for tournaments. Um, and they've had to incentivize it in other ways. It's disappointing because there's such a storied history in this region that, I, I mean, I think we all want to see it succeed. It would be fantastic. I mean, fuck, Tasteless and Artosis were casting the Valorant games yeah. as well. <laughs> I mean, that is that is as... Uh... As, as like old school esports from Korea as you get. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, those, those guys are just born and bred at this point in terms of like esports OGs. Yeah. Um, but, the Korea, but the actual player base isn't as large. Yeah, I think it's the lowest viewership out of any region. Um, maybe with the exception of some of the... I think Japan was maybe the slightest bit lower. Slight below it, yeah. I, maybe, but, yeah. Maybe I'm just pulling that yeah, out of my of ass. the major regions. But we would ever expect Japan to be a major region yeah. in general because it's just not their thing yeah. like it's not yeah, like, I mean, they just you aren't are, that big in the global if you want to get state. into that it's like most people don't own a pc at home in japan yeah, um, yeah. pc gaming isn't that big and it's very niche and sometimes looked down upon and they've got gambling laws that prevent a lot of esports tournaments yeah, going yeah. around yeah. I, I think they may have changed that recently which is why they're getting away mm -hmm. with tournaments these days but uh yeah it's typically the region hasn't seen much success because of those reasons anyway i want i wanted to do a bit of a, a dive though a little deeper into into this stuff because Vision Strikers had a game where they played against um, New Turn, where Vision Strikers actually tried something different. They had RB playing Rays instead of Jet. Oh, some wacky um, stuff. I'm not sure whether it was this game, Kirk. It, it Did was you scroll a, down? It was a. Yeah, it was BO3. the previous one. Yeah. It was a previous BO3. Uh, and it was one that they nearly lost as a qualification match. There it is. And so this one, although the match itself is old, we haven't covered career in quite a while. And RB was opping on Rays, and they were trying to play. Basically, like the contact style, but with an yeah, op. It was so, it was very strange and such an odd kind of departure from what you expect from them. And, and it was finding value, but for the wrong reasons. It's like old phase clan. I mean, yeah, RB, I mean, it was just RB was baby bay. He was just walking, he was <laughs> hard scoped. Walking around split, yeah. split, and the rest of his team were just set up to support him. Yeah, if you look at this split game um, about round seven, I think you'll see what we're what we're, uh, or maybe it was round eight, something like that. But um, he would be you'll see what we mean. Yeah, he would just be walking in um, on a ramp or a main area, just hard scoped in, looking for a pick. King would set up. He was playing Killjoy. He would set up the turret to watch up ramp. And you'd be watching that angle while RB would just slowly creep in with the op. And then sometimes they would do it on mid and he would just be slowly walking up. And I, I was, I was mauling because new turn, they just couldn't help themselves. They just couldn't, <laughs> they just, well, okay. Well, how do we find out if he's there? Okay. I just, I don't, I don't want to peek. I don't want to check it. Shit. Let me just check really quick. And then they would peek and just die. And he would just he kept finding the pick because New Turn just couldn't help themselves. They had to keep peeking and trying to find out if he was there. It just happened over and over. It was yeah. very silly. But they've. It seems like they've kind of gone away from. I, I didn't they, watch the most yeah. recent matches. They have gone the away from. It. But it, it was very. It's like me the other day. I mean, you were you were taking that aggressive angle. That that angle is uh, it's a hard ridiculous. One to take. Is he doing it this yep, round? Here we go. Yeah, it looks like here it. Here we is, go. This, this is this is the turret that King kept setting up. He's got the op, and he's just gonna, yeah. just gonna wait for new turret. And they're gonna be drawn like moths to the flame. They just to couldn't help themselves. Yeah, he was just just peeking these angles so slowly. In one of the rounds, yeah, it didn't and even get caught on stream there, but 
He's he's essentially just walking in and asking King to hold his angle so that he doesn't get pushed from a from like a ramp. And the same happens in mid where he Abi was literally just walking into B Heaven hard scope <laughs> yeah. the entire time, asking someone to hold his ropes. And that was how they were clearing it out. And it was such a weird change from vi for Vision Strikers. And it didn't... It, it worked, but it wasn't it, it, good. It just it worked for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, and then... Oh my God, what in the Lord's name? Yeah, so the, the Korean region still comes up with some really nice ideas. And I definitely think that the most recent idea that Newturn and ZFG have been running, where they're not taking a duelist and they run this... Um, Breach Sover and Jet Raise. It's very aggressive. On defense, you have to be really aggro with it as well. Um, and that applies to all of the maps. And it turns the game into a very different dynamic when you don't have that Sentinel. Because you're not playing with Triple Duelists. You're not trying to push out and take individual fights. You're still trying to flash peek to gather, to like clear areas on defense. So you're trying to, if you're playing... Um, Ascent, for example, you're trying to use the breach flashes aggressively to clear out B main or clear out uh, A main when you're, when you're defending. But you have to be so proactive on defense. And that, I think, is a really interesting new change for the region. Uh, because even though they've liked a lot of aggression previously, it's been early round aggression. It's mm -hmm. like, we'll run a set play at the beginning of the round. This is different. This is them actually starting to try and use compositions that require a lot of mid-rounding. So... The Korean scene appears to be going through a bit of a, a growth period right now and really experimenting with a, a new composition that hasn't been seen anywhere else in the world. So, very interesting stuff. Yep, expect to see it in the NA region shortly. Also, we've got to talk about the Rays player, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. There was the article on it. Around. I mean, this guy's a movement. I didn't think this was possible. <laughs> I genuinely did not think this was possible in the game of Valorant, but wait, I, I don't. in the Twitter clips that we have of them... That doesn't even show, like, the most extreme shit. Like, you can you can use the rocket momentum on top of a blast pack. And I didn't realize you could do this. Yeah. But you can just essentially, you can give up the prospect of using your rocket to get a kill. And instead use it to give you momentum. Yeah. Um, which I, th no, he doesn't even do it here. He's just pushing in with the, yeah. with the rocket. I mean, it, it is just, essentially, it is a raise, double satcheling everywhere with a judge. <laughs> doesn't <laughs> slow stop. down. He doesn't have an off button. He just has a judge. He has yeah. a satchel, and he's, he's just, just a human a good time. bot. They just send him walking forward until eventually he just finds someone to get the trade, or maybe gets a couple. Yeah, the the way he plays is actually my god, kind of ludicrous, but also highlights how scary the judge can be if you are playing an agent that lets you get into close range without being punished. Like, you can't really punish the Enmo for... jump in to Cat like that? Ha yeah. Ha he's just sitting on Cat. There's not, they're not even repeating him from, like, tiles or anything. He's sitting there. Yeah, and, and this is another example as well where he holds inside lamps, and they're so scared to actually challenge him with the utility. Like, they're hoping the utility will just make him run away anyway but they don't want to go in there with their body because they know that one shot from the judge can just lead to you dying. So they don't want to peek him with the drone, even though that would be the smart thing to do. They're just so scared of him. Like, he has the psychological advantage <laughs> over them here. Get all this utility on him. Yeah, He's yeah. just sitting here in hookah, surviving the deluge. <laughs> he's like a spider hanging onto his web. <laughs> he kills him He's just shaking and everything, but he's still there. This is ridiculous. This is wild. I don't know. Yeah, so this is just at the beginning of the round. He's playing in garage. 
He doubles Satchel's down mid just so fast. With the Leah. Foon. Someone has to ban this guy. And then he's already behind them. They have no idea. The Sova ults. And he's oh just my God. already behind the C push. I mean, this is And ridiculous. this rocket, yeah. that's some beautiful splash damage. Oh, yeah. Look at that's that. That's right Perfect. in the frag. Look at, and look at the ending. Right in the frag. <laughs> and then Paul. <laughs> but it's, it, it, it's genuinely hard to counter because... He, he's so annoying to play against, I feel. And it's, it is quite one-dimensional, and his team doesn't support him particularly well. They have some setups where they support him pretty well, but they they kind of support him to get in. Yeah. They like have a thought plan on, hey, we need to hold this angle so that he can get in, or we need to throw this uh, this flash so that he can get in. But once he's in, they just leave him. They're if just like, can, yeah, uh, go, do, yeah. go do your shit. Go do your shit. <laughs> I like that if he has little find, Wayne as his profile picture. If you can find the, uh, the GG Recon article, I think it was, yeah. Um, on on this guy, they have a different clips that show some bonkers. It's shit. him doing it in ranked, yeah. It's, but it's it's the stuff that he's doing with his rocket, yeah. which blew my mind when I saw it. He is literally like he is. He's, it's like TF two, dude. Yeah. Seriously, some of the shit that he does because he like combines the momentum. I, I'm sorry to put you on the spot, Kurt, trying to find this, but it it is here. It is, yeah. He's playing Overwatch. I think it's, I think it's this one. Look look at this. Oh wait, no. Oh, it is that one. Look at this! Oh, yeah, I've never. My God! Look at this! <laughs> what? He does it in ascent mid the, as look well. Look at this! Watch oh, this! Oh yeah! Look at the is. momentum. He like knows the physics of it. Look it's... at this! <laughs> that was impossible. <laughs> what do you even do? What do you even By do way, when a raised boy falls from the sky? He still has fifty armor there, but nine HP. Yeah. I've he never took, ever look seen the amount that. of fall damage he took. He takes ninety-one fall damage. <laughs> It's absurd. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I obviously this is like a ridiculous play that you're not going to be able to pull off in your games very often. It makes me want to do it though. Yeah, but it makes the, me want to practice. But a lot of the <laughs> stuff that he's actually doing against pro teams is really I mean, annoying to play against. Like genuinely oh. annoying. It's not. It's not the most well-rounded gameplay in the world, <laughs> but it's genuinely hard to deal with because the yeah. judge, if you. It has such a fast firing rate that if you push behind a drone, you remember that like clip from Hookah? Uh -huh. They drone in. If you're supposed to like come in and trade him straight after the drone, the judge can just go bang and one-shot the drone and then bang, bang, bang and one-shot you. You can actually just go bang, bang and yeah. one-shot the guy that comes in into yeah. Hookah. So there are specific areas in the map that it's incredibly hard to clear him out from. And... I mean, this is one of those examples where his team is not supporting him at all. They've actually, <laughs> they've so just funny. abandoned him in market. He, on defense, has somehow worked his way up into market. There are five players aware of his existence. They want to flush him and out. They're just not The rest of his him. team, they're just holding tight. Yeah. No, <laughs> just, they've just left him. Why is Newton so afraid of pushing him from short? I'm not sure. But they think that <laughs> F4Q have pushed up short. And like, the, the Perry here is worried that he, if he crosses short, he's oh, going to get yeah. spammed by somebody else. And so, it's so he's silly. like, he's putting so much fear into these Korean teams that don't understand how to deal with him. But that doesn't mean that he's just getting away with murder. Like, he is, but there's also a nugget of, a nugget of, you know, real skilled shit that he's pulling off. Yeah. But it's really hard to <laughs> This is what he came in the back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... You know, it's not... It's not... This... It's not going to win you uh, Masters... But you need you need a player like this to exist for the ecosystem. You know what I mean? Raze is going to be nerfed yeah. because of this guy. Like I think that he because he's shown what's capable, the movement of Raze. And when players yeah. catch up, they will have to bring 
raised down as a result. Yeah, this, this is actually an interesting point that Bren raises, is that a lot of the time early on in a game, people break a hero, break an agent early on, and then two years down the line, when everyone can do this, it needs to be nerfed. Yeah. And so, I don't know what needs to be nerfed. Like, maybe the judge is actually the thing that's empowering him to play like this. Because if you... <laughs> the thing is, he's moving while shooting, and he can one-shot yeah. people with the judge. If this is a rifle that he's got, you don't give a fuck. Like, you're going in there and clearing him out every day of the week. But because he has a judge, you can't God, this cup is ridiculous to me when he's doing his... When he's just happy-feeding around, like, I mean, 30 ridiculous. pieces of utility I, and an old... He, the fact that he then they they use all the utility, but they still just want to commit B, so they have to go in there <laughs> dry and just die. Yeah, I mean, just go somewhere else at that point, man. You know he's there. Just go somewhere else. Uh, I actually think it is the judge, probably Josh. I think you. I think that's a, probably yeah. a good like. If there was something that would nerf this playstyle, because you can't do this shit with a rifle. You can't even no. do this stuff with like new stinger, probably. Like it's it, it's the judge. It's interesting though. It yeah. is interesting and really cool. The. Uh... Yeah, we, mo we move away from this topic. I mean, it's I'm I'm fucking I'm I'm low. I'm putting in some server time. Yeah, I'm no, you. I'm telling you. After the I'm, show, we're gonna play right. I'm putting in you some play server Rays, time. I'll play Reyna, and you be the rock of the team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the raucous or the Zachary that has to pick up the pieces at the end uh, once you fuck speed. Also, I think Bren's new YouTube video, I Tried to Be Duenmo, is going to pop <laughs> off on YouTube. It's just him feeding relentlessly in ranked, look, going down back to gold. No, 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 no. Listen, I'll be going up. Someone came into my chat the other day and they were like, why do you, why do you keep saying you're Diamond and Valorant? And he was watching our games last night when I was just playing. God, I mean, I was playing. <laughs> I was playing an unorthodox play style. Take that for free. Yeah. The 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 other topic we need to get onto is uh, it's actually our final topic, other than the of course prestigious award. But the uh, the Valorant Game Changers Initiative, which is something that they've announced recently, where they are trying to empower marginalized genders and communities in Valorant by supporting them with tournaments and other aspects. And I think they're working closely with Galerants as well, which is another community focused um, for women in, in, in Valorant who are playing the game. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just really sick, I think. And also kind of necessary, I think, when you've typically, you know, the tactical shooter genre has been home to just kind of the pond scum of gaming, um, <laughs> just to put it lightly, um, in terms of just general opinions. Um, I can say that because I played CS for a significant portion of my life. And I, you know, I mean, you just communicate with some absolute degenerates when you play that game. Yeah. Um, and some of those people have come over into Valorant. And I, there have been times where I, I've been, I mean, playing and generally speaking, it's been like a, quite a hostile environment in voice communications and voice comms. Sure. So these moves being made by Riot, obviously... They mentioned in this article as well at the bottom that this is on top of the um, the changes they're making to um, the improvements to chat, voice communications, mitigation of griefing, and other things. But this is the steps, the next step in esports mm. to encourage and foster that kind of growth with marginalized genders. Very, very cool. Big fan of this. Love to see it. Um, just all good things, honestly, coming from from the right side of things. Yeah, to talk about it more specifically, they're going to have an ignition series size tournament circuit. Um, that is specifically for, for like they say, women and marginalized genders to take part in. So they have their own tournament circuit. And the idea, I assume that with it being Ignition Series size as well, the incentive is still there for people if they get really good. If you have like a, like a Cloud9 white 
style team that is that level of skill, mm-hmm. they will still be incentivized through the um, finances that are rewarded in the larger scene and the kind of clout and glory that you can play for in the larger scene as well to move in and transition into yeah. the wider. Because the end goal here, in my opinion, should always be for the integration of it, right? But sure. it's about the steps that you take in order to get there. And at the moment, you can't just say, wow, I've seen so many of these comments in reply to the tweet as well that they made. The Valorant Twitter tweeted this out. Yeah. And there's, you know, most most people are really supportive of it. But then there's still that like old esports, you know. Pond scum. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Who, who are like, well, what, this is just a disadvantage for the men. They should be they should be playing on an equal playing field. But the, the problem is the playing field isn't equal and you've got to give them the... If you give women more opportunities to play in their own circuit, you're more likely to develop develop elite level talent that will be able to feed into the larger circuit. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, the, 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 it's the, just a good way of fixing it from a grassroots level. Yeah. The playing field hasn't been equal in the past. So you have to support people to make the playing field even like the notion that it is even is just wrong <laughs> just wrong so you yeah you have to retroactively help um yeah all i'll say is i'm just i'm happy to be in the valorant scene if this is where the values of the community and both the developers lie that if this is something important yeah. to them then i'm happy to be here yeah. it's pretty impressive how aggressive they're marketing these aspects of their scene too i feel because i feel like at times you might see these initiatives take place in other games and scenes but i feel like valorant is doing it in a very aggressive manner which is nice because at sometimes you feel like i feel like companies and organizations are afraid to like talk about it because they're like because then they're going to get like you know, I'm random first name, last name numbers after that Twitter user, like in their DMs and shit, like being annoying as fuck. But I think it's cool that they're willing to be so front facing with it. And like, and, and I just fucking banged the shit out of my microphone. So that's cool. And so then, and then, <laughs> but I, I think that overall, this is going to be like, it's building a healthy scene, a building a healthier scene that is, should be better for everyone moving forward. Yeah, I, I mean, opinion. it definitely yeah, will. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the more elite level women you get in the, in the scene, the better it's going to be for everybody. It's just more elite Breaking level down players. the barriers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... People the, are going to be watching esports events. They see somebody popping off and then they find out, oh, she's a woman. And yeah. Like some young girl's watching that and she's like, I can do this exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, Makes that's it way I think, more accessible. I mean, Cloud9 White, people are fucking loving that team because exactly. they've got like sick personalities, sick players. And all right, they're not at the absolute top end of the scene, but it's cool to root for them to try and get as far as they can possibly get. Yeah. And this is just going to create, hopefully more teams that are like that or start to develop more players that can then become integrated into the yeah. wider scene if they choose to as well. If the scene is, and, and also that's the other part of it as well, is you don't want to isolate the two scenes so that the main scene never learns and grows. Like you don't want to, you don't want to keep the women in their own scene and then the the men just continue to be <laughs> misogynistic and they never have to deal with integrating women into yeah. their team and stuff like that. Like that is obviously still a barrier that could exist to, to these kind of situations, but hopefully that'll get broken down over time as more and more elite women start to get integrated yeah. because they're just natural pickups because they are really good players. Yeah, no, all good news though, coming on from the Riot side. So yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing the, you know, the fruits from it. Uh, our final segment. I hope you're ready for this, Wyatt. Yeah, I'm I know ready. You, yeah, you were. Um, 
Gotta interrupt. Got some breaking news as of 40 minutes ago. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Team Liquid Park with Angles. We didn't miss it. Oh. oh my goodness. This is because we're recording on Wednesday. It literally is because we recorded on Wednesday. We would have oh, we missed this. Huge. It's happened. Wow. They tried okay. to bait us and they, they didn't manage it. Well, oh, wow. It's okay. happened. So it's. Wow. Okay. So pretty <laughs> so much what confirmed. we were discussing earlier. Yeah. So yeah. What are they doing about the IGL situation? That is, I mean, I guess a big still, question. But this is, I do think this is the right move, though. I really do. I, I, I do worry about the IGLing a bit, but I, this is I, such an. It's going to be Yampy, right? I mean, yes. So I mean, it's got to be Yampy, surely. This is such a significant upgrade in terms of the firepower that this has to be the right move. See, I'm, I'm concerned that this might not go as well as they hope, and they're going to have to make another move on top of it to mm. add an IGL in. Like, that's, that's where I think the direction of Liquid is going to go. Because I don't see how this move will naturally fix all of the issues. Because although it fixes firepower and adds a bit more of, like, a... I don't want to say experienced player because Yampi's super young, but he's not um, hes not brand new to the big stage, and he's already yeah. showcased an ability to perform on it, whereas some of the others, maybe they're, they're struggling with like nerves or performance issues when they get to that position. But it does not solve, and in fact, in some senses, maybe impedes the IGLing and like calling structure of this team. But... That does need to be solved, and I think that it probably is going to make another move necessary down the line, too. Yeah. Because if, if, if the other guys can't Possibly. pick that aspect up, then it makes the most sense to continue with Yampi, not to replace him with an IGL, but to replace one of the other guys with an IGL. It's you're, hard to find an IGL. You're probably yeah. correct, and that, honestly, that might... That roster will probably be the best Team Liquid roster. And that's what I'm thinking. I think this, yeah. this Team Liquid roster it's a stepping stone. is a stepping stone for me. Unless one of the other guys steps up. Like, if, if Link steps up and he's a really good IGL, then fucking mad props, because, like, that is coming out of nowhere as far as I'm concerned. Like, I didn't think that that would be the case. So I will give him absolute credit or whoever else manages to step up for the team. Yeah. Whoever is going to be their IGL. If it looks good, this iteration, it's unexpected and you deserve a lot of credit. But to me... The next roster is going to be the one that probably does really well for Liquid. Yeah. But isn't that assuming that they're actually going to find an IGL that's like good for them, though? I mean, like, true. They could theoretically be stuck in roster hell. I mean, that happens. Like, you can't get just stuck in roster hell trying to build and, something and that you really can. Forms. I think one of the major criticisms of a move like this, when Masters is just around the corner, will be like, why are they making this change now? But it's the point we already came up with, which is that we already made that this team has existed for what eight months i think yeah now yeah and there was a period of time where they should have made a change maybe it should have been a little bit before they looked like they had potential but yeah there needed to be some sort of change they feel like clearly this is the direction they want to go in um yeah i i also think though that with your with your question about is now the right time to do it four spots have been locked in for masters in europe and two of them have, well, not two of them actually, but one of them has been taken by a team that you wouldn't have expected to be there, Alliance. Mm -hmm. And so that leaves still Fnatic, G2, um, G2 Liquid. Well, yeah, but Fnatic, G2, Guild, and uh, I mean, who else actually would I mean, be considered? Wave. Yeah. Wave is still there, yeah. 
Yeah, Wave. OG still on the fringe. Yeah, Wave, there. Diffuse, OG. I feel like I'm missing another big team, though, but I maybe I'm not, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, actually, I suppose that is it. So, yeah, no, I was going to say that Liquid have a hard time of making it to Masters, but I don't think they actually do. I think that even if they had kept this roster, they would still be considered uh, favorites alongside teams like uh, G2... Um, yeah. Come on, brain. G2, Fnatic, and I w what I will Guild say as well make it through. is that if they've made this move right when Masters around the corner, the rumors were that they were already trialing this process. Yes. They must have had success with it for them to bite a bullet. They or, must have had success with or it. Or they can see potential. You don't necessarily need to see success, sure. but you could see potential. Like, you might be literally not doing as well as you were with Eccles, but you might think that there's way more growth. Sure. Like, that could still be the case. I think this roster is just going to roll their way into Masters. I, I, as it is? Yeah, as is. Ooh. I think they're just going to steamroll this qualifier and get into Masters. I hope, they do, I hope the seeding is good for the European portion of it. If this team ends up facing up against Fnatic for a, a qualifier, gonna I'm going to fucking lose my <laughs> I have a feeling they're going to lose my Fnatic. mind. I'm going to lose my mind. I, I yeah. feel like they're going to run into Fnatic or some uh, good team. And, it's just... Or Guild again. Poor should, Guild. <laughs> yeah, there should never be these kind of yeah. issues. Like, those teams should be on opposite sides of the qualifier from each other. But Liquid have done so poorly in the qualifiers that they won't actually have a high seed. Yeah. So... Uh, I, think uh, I think they're going to steamroll through. Yeah. I have... I, I can sense it. I can smell it. That's Wyatt. pretty cool, though. Okay, now we're doing it. Oh, we're doing it. Okay. It's time. Wyatt's Weekly Award. What? <laughs> <laughs> Is this? Is this a speaker? Is this like a speakmanship award? Yeah, that's that's award? the OG one. Oh, it's uh, the first one. That's the original one. Oh, who yeah, gets it this week? I mean, it's going to food. I mean, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I thought you up. might have given it to. Uh, I really to, to Crashies. I was on the verge of giving it to Crashies, and in my mind, when I was watching the tournament, like, man, Crashies getting <laughs> Crashies getting it this week. But then at the finals, I mean, I can't. I mean, yeah, it's going to food. It's just an unreal performance. Everyone knows why <laughs> he, he dropped whatever fifty thousand kills and 19 <laughs> yep. deaths he just steamrolled sentinels had one of he I, I i said this earlier but i think that might be the best finals performance of any player in valorant so far if it isn't then tell us who it was in the comments as well because i would love to know who actually performed yeah. better than this in the finals and I, we need engagement actually <laughs> yeah we need our engagement yo shout if you're from india write a comment because we were, we were looking up our engagements and we've got a sizable Indian fan base. Yeah. What was it? Like 10% it? or something? I don't know. No, maybe it was like a couple thousand people, though. A yeah, couple thousand people, I, I, yeah. Anyhow, let me... Okay. We'll, yeah, go we'll, ahead. Sorry, we're going to that. We're going to get to that. But all I'm all... I mean, there. I don't know if there's a lot to say. That was the best grand, uh, grand finals performance from any player in Valorant so far, I believe. It was just... And aside from that, he played very well throughout the entirety of the tournament. It was his personal best tournament that he's had. He looked excellent on the Phoenix. And he led Envy to finally beating Sentinels two times, getting the first title for Envy. So it has to go to food. It yeah. just simply has to. Yeah, yeah. Congrats to him as well, because he looked like a player that was um, just struggling to find consistency throughout a tournament and throughout facing off against better and better opponents. Like, he could always drop these kind of numbers against bad teams, but then against the good teams, he, he would get punished a little bit more. And this is just... 
I mean, this is the best team in North America, and he gave them a dick in. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he absolutely business. owned I mean, he, them. He made them look like a tier three team. <laughs> yeah, they actually... He, he really did. I they mean, got he was just, dominated. Imagine his trajectory, those... too, going from T1 to Envy now. Like, yeah. I feel like it's, it was a rough start for him, potentially, in the scene. And then now he's at a point where I feel like he's found a home that's, like, pretty good for him if he, like, keeps his footing moving forward. Like, I think it's pretty interesting. Oh, go on. I was going to say, what an interesting idea as well. The two best players on Envy for this tournament were the two players from T1 as well, Food and Crashies, the guys that came over Mm -hmm. and were, you know, I mean, Crashies was always good on T1. (laughs) Yeah. But Food looked like he didn't have a place on that team. Like, he was out of sync with them completely. And Envy have crafted their style around him and looked superb. That's what I was going to say, though. Crashies has been good for so long now. That him playing really well, not a surprise. He is a, a top-tier player in the NA scene. This was really the first amazing tournament for food, so he has to keep it up now. It's one thing to do this once, and it is amazing, and it is, it is a remarkable feat, but please do it again, because <laughs> this is the first time. So it, you can't just go off this one data point forever, because up until this point... He's been oh, he's been fine on Envy. He hasn't been amazing. He hasn't been the best so, player for sure. Like that's a hundred percent been so, caboose and crashies. Please d- do it again. <laughs> keep doing it. Um, this is, if he keeps if he can somehow keep this up, then he will have far exceeded my and I think a lot of people's yeah. expectations for him as a player. It was so magic watching. You got to do it again though. He has to do it more. It was it was like a mix of. You know, you know there's the, the classic trope of somebody who just always finds the lucky moments for, mm. for a period of time, but it was like the perfect mix of he was playing really fucking well, hitting every single shot, and uh, he would just find these ridiculous moments. I out mean, of he nowhere. got two jumping kills while spraying the. Yes, yeah, it was. It was and like he got a couple of. It was like he was kills blessed well. by God <laughs> yeah. to perform in the tournament, <laughs> and he did. Yeah. He went on to perform. Yeah, um, it was so incredible. Yeah, actually, well deserved. Why it's weekly award. <laughs> I mean, what a fantastic episode. You said at the start of us, there's no way we reach three hours. I think we are just about reaching three hours. Well, so what can you say? Five seconds? Close it. No way. No, don't close it. We're going to keep it around three, three Oh, hours. now it's it. Now it's it. We're, we're three hours. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. leave, leave a comment if you're from India or even if you're not from India, leave a comment same way you are right now. But uh, but like shout that. out shout out to our Indian fan base. That's gonna bring the engagement. That's yeah. gonna there you go. Thousands of comments. I'm telling you, thousands of comments. All right. Thank you for watching. We'll see you on Mondays. Remember for back chat. That's a new day for back chat Mondays. Coming to you soon. Yes. Yes. Goodbye.